0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pick A Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with River Brown and Jack Bartek. This is now episode 32. And in today's episode, we're going to discuss the Buffalo Bills' big loss, the Tennessee Titans, if the coach should trade for a QB, Le'Veon Bell to the Chiefs, Joe Douglas's role in the Jets' mess, if the Cowboys can win the NFC East without Dak, and Week 6 Fantasy Starts. Sits and sleepers. So for the first segment of the show, not, days,
1: huh? not today, man. <laughs>
0: not today. It's Friday. I'm assuming everybody's day went well, at least at least mine did. Mine was a boring day.
1: It's rainy
2: and gloomy. I hate this weather. The traffic is abysmal.
0: This weather makes me want to fall asleep.
2: Yeah, that's a rainy description. weather. So
0: the Bills lost forty-two to sixteen against Tennessee on Tuesday night. So, it, are the Bills? Was this an eye opener? Do you think the Bills are still for real, or was this just a fluke loss and it shouldn't be taken too seriously?
2: <clears throat> I know I had to tread lightly because we've been poking the uh, poking the beehive of Bills fans the last few Bills Mafia. <laughs> the last few times we've spoken about them. And I honestly, I know that at the beginning of the season, I said I wasn't sold on them. I feel like that got taken much out of context. I didn't mean that they were some bad team. I didn't think that they weren't going to be a playoff team. I could have told you from the beginning of the year, they were going to be a playoff team because even if the Patriots won the division, I had the bills making a wild card spot. My question was, could Josh Allen be consistent enough? for them to be the team that I thought they should be because they have a solid defense. They have McDermott, who I think is a great head coach, and they have good weapons offensively. But I've actually been more surprised. It hasn't been Josh Allen, in my opinion, that's been causing them struggles. Their defense has not been solid, and it's a good unit on paper. But you look at what they've done so far. Other than 17 points in the opener to the Jets, they've been getting hit hard by every other team they played. Every other team has put up twenty plus on them. And, you know, you look at that Rams game, they get helped by that penalty late. And then they get destroyed by the Titans. Granted, the Titans are right now the number one seed in the AFC. It, it it's gotta be concerning. It's gotta raise an eyebrow. I still think that the Bills would need an epic collapse to lose the division. Because the Patriots have this setback with Cam Newton missing games. So they already have a leg up on... And the COVID. Yeah, he just the, got another yeah, positive test. The only other competition in the division was the Patriots. And they have to deal with all of that. So even if the Bills play okay the rest of the season, they're going to win the division. But come playoff time, like they're going to have to see these teams and the Titans and the Rams if they want to win. And, you know, they gotta they got to clean up the edges. They got to clean up around the edges. I'm so sorry. What was the question again? The Bills was a loss a
1: fluke or is it showing the true right. colors? That's where that's where I'm at. okay. I, um <clears throat> now I look at this game as I don't I don't think it's a fluke game. I really think it's just a matter of the Titans playing better than the Bills that night. I still think the Titans are a good team. People underestimated them. They didn't think the Titans could win that game. And I agree with you. The defense has been slacking as of late, but I feel like this game Josh Allen didn't play well. You know, he threw two interceptions. He was 69%, he had 69 uh, 69 QBR. He had 77 ratings. So I I didn't, I didn't like how he was playing. I do think the Titans are still a good team. You know, Ryan Tannehill played well. The defense played pretty exceptional for the most part. And this is just a battle of two AFC teams at the top playing each other. It's like when the the Ravens and the Chiefs play, you're not going to sit there and say, oh, the Ravens, they're, they're not a good team just because they lost to the Chiefs. No, the Chiefs are the best team in the league and the, Bills lost to a good Titans team. They just got to settle back in. And we talked about this a few weeks ago that they're about to go on a really tough stretch and playing really good teams, and this was the first test, and they failed. So now they have to bounce back. They got to play against the Chiefs next week. So we'll see.
0: I think people are are being too harsh on the Bills for this loss, but I also think we're praising the Titans way too soon. They're 4-0 no, and they're first, but the only teams they've beat were the Jaguars, the Broncos, and the Vikings. <laughs> they they. They all are p teams that are not good right now.
1: That's what you're supposed to do, though.
0: Okay, you're supposed to do it, but these games were close games. These games are pretty close games. I'm not sure about the Vikings one, but I know the Jaguars and Broncos, they were close, but the Bills, they were out Trey White, White, Quentin Spain, Matt Milano, John Brown, Zach Moss. So they were without their second-best receiver, probably their second-best linebacker, their best corner, and their best goal line back in Zach Moss and their best guard in Quentin Spain. So I think the Bills, you're totally right about this was their first test and they failed because now they're going to have the Patriots coming up, the Chiefs, the Seahawks, the Cardinals. And even <laughs> though the Chargers don't have a good record right now, the Chargers are ball. still a good a good team. But, Jack, you're right. It It's all about the defense right now. I think they have the 21st-ranked defense in, in terms of uh, points allowed. And if we're being honest, the Titans were able to be so good offensively because Josh Norman couldn't cover A.J. Brown the whole night. A.J. Brown, any time the Titans needed to play, you knew it was going to A.J. Brown and Josh
2: Norman was going to be the target. And that's
1: the credit to White not playing.
2: And, and and Josh Norman had the low light of maybe the entire season getting stiff-armed by Derrick Henry. Exactly. Derrick
1: Henry is the biggest player on the field every
2: time he plays. But, but
0: obviously... Josh Allen is ascending, ascending into this kind of elite quarterback status or at least great quarterback status, and with that comes expectations. With that comes eyeballs. So each time he has a bad game or he doesn't play a clean game, he's going to get ridiculed, he's going to get criticized. We're seeing that with Lamar Jackson this year. They're 4-1, and one, but he hasn't been playing that well. We see it with Russell Wilson. If he loses with Patrick Mahomes, like they, Patrick Mahomes just lost to the Raiders, and we're asking, like, oh, what's wrong with the Chiefs? So this is going to start happening to the Bills, and the defense has to step up and help that offense out a little because right now they have no pass rush.
1: They play next week the Patriots?
2: Um, They play the Chiefs. At home? They have a really tough stretch coming up. They have the Chiefs, and then if I'm not mistaken, they get the Jets, and then they have a mix of the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and another tough team. I forget exactly yeah. who. The
0: order is the Chiefs, Jets, Patriots, oh, Seahawks, okay. Cardinals, and will get it right back when Chargers. they play, you
1: guys. They'll get the W right back when they yeah. play. I mean, the, I feel like the defense is going to have to step up more than anything next week. As you said, they're ranked, what, 21st in the league? In terms of points allowed, yeah. yeah. They're, they're definitely going to have to step up next week against a very tough offense in the Chiefs. And they just got Le'Veon Bell, too. So that's... Be a I don't tricule. think he's yeah. I don't though. think
2: he's active this week because he has to go through that COVID protocol. But for real, still, I mean that offense is still. with or without Le'Veon Bell, arguably the best in the league. Um, but I think that this stretch is going to tell us maybe not everything we need to know about the Bills, but it's going to indicate who they really are because they are playing the gauntlet. They have Kansas, like you said, Kansas City, then the Jets, which is a cakewalk, but then the Patriots, the Seahawks, the Cardinals. By, and then the Chargers coming back, it's a tough stretch. So I, I want to see what they do with this stretch. And if they can come out of that like 500 or above 500, then they are as legit as it gets.
0: Yeah, I agree. And also, it's Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator, defensive coaches. So you would probably bet that they get the defense together like I would probably bet money that they start playing better on defense because right now the defense just hasn't looked good at all. I mean it's it's really about their pass rush too. I think they lost uh Shaq Lawson in free agency yeah. to Miami. Um Star opted out of the season. He was probably one of their best interior linemen. And right now they're counting on AJ Epinesa, a rookie, Jerry Hughes, who's always been solid but not great, Trent Murphy, and really guys that are aren't Elite pass rushers, at, pass rushers at all. So, I think they'll figure it out. But this loss definitely was eye opening.
1: Well, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule. They gave up 17 by you guys. They let Miami pour in 28 on them. The Rams, granted, that's okay. You know, they're a pretty high powered offense. They put 32 on them, and then the Raiders put 23
2: on them. So, the bad thing about that Rams <laughs> game, though, is. You know, 32 to the Rams isn't the worst thing in the world. But when you look at, they had seven at half. Mm-hmm. And they came storming back yep. in the second half. That is a concern. Because you can't have that happen against, against yeah, good teams. The Rams are a good team, but I don't think that they are in that upper echelon of teams. I that, do. Now they you are. You do. Yeah, you are.
1: I think I think that, that first half, the Bills showed how dominant they were, and then the second half, they let yeah, it they slip let up. off. the gas. Yeah, they let it slip off. And up, you but, can't
2: let that happen against the Chiefs. But I think
1: it was clear-cut who was the better team that day, and it was the Buffalo Bills. But I do agree with you. I think the Rams are pretty great. I don't know what you're talking about.
2: I'm pretty – no, 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 no. I'm not saying they're not a, a good – I'm not saying they're not a good team. I just don't have them in that upper echelon right now. Like, you don't think they're a Seattle right now? No. I think just because they I don't do. have – I personally. I just, I just I think
1: because they don't have Russell Wilson that they're not a Seattle.
2: Like, I, I'm – my upper echelon teams, it's kind of hard beyond, like, Seattle and then Kansas City. You could maybe say the Packers – you could make an argument for a couple other teams. The Rams I are think one of the those. Rams teams.
0: are just as good as the Packers.
1: No. Ah, we're, we're, yeah, they are. I think if it comes down, I would pick. The I
2: Packers think when they. Seven I think
0: when the Rams face the Seahawks, are going to open a lot of people's eyes. I think the Rams.
2: To. I think the Rams are in a very comparable spot to the Bills right now. Personally, it's and I, I, I think they're both in that proving situation where I think that they can both come out and be. The they could they could be the best team in the league one week and then come out and not be the same team the next week mm. if that makes sense like I I feel like they don't have that consistency
0: I don't agree with that because the Bills we're still seeing if they are for real or not the Rams made a Super Bowl
2: okay that was a while ago Let, though
1: yeah
0: that, that was, was a two years ago that's that different two years ago wasn't a while ago two years ago was two football seasons that's come on that's, that's, last that, year the offensive line was hurt and Sean McVay reamped the offense and that
2: offense also relied heavily on Todd Gurley. Until they got now, they're into the playoffs. They're pretty,
0: they're pretty good with Daryl
2: Henderson, well, Malcolm yeah, yeah, Brown, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying is. this is a different team than they were. Two but years the offense ago. is pretty and, much the same. And Sean McVay was also a, a new guy at that point in time, so there was nothing to base his his schemes on. Sean McVay is a
0: genius, bro. Oh, I agree. No, you no, know. yeah. Like I think they're all they're they're still an elite team.
1: To be fair, but the because Rams have played the Redskins, the Giants. In us, Eagles. <laughs> so, I mean, I get your point, but they've played three teams that are inevitably under – they played the worst division in football. But they came back against the Bills. That is true. But and they, they came
0: back against the Bills, not because the Bills let the foot off the gas. It was because Sean McVay changed up the scheme in the second half. and they. they I mean, that may be true,
1: but they inevitably lost the game.
2: I like, I like the yeah, Bills. Yeah, but you got to see how they lost. I like the Bills, and I like the Rams. I'm not trying to speak down on them. I just don't think that they were – they are in that upper tier right now in the I league. agree with you. Even the Rams, though, last year was a
0: down year. They went 9-7. and seven. Oh, like this year, I think they're in that upper echelon, but...
2: It, it's a fair point. With, to with the you Bills... Can, you could definitely make that <clears throat> argument.
0: With the Bills, I think we all agree that this was just one game. If this continues,
2: then we can start getting into that conversation. Well, I mean,
1: if they lose to the Chiefs, though, can we really
2: bash them? I would say that right now this is almost like uh like a caution sign. Like just keep an eye on it. I'm not going to overreact yeah, to this. Yeah, I'm not going to say. If they lose next
1: week to, to what we all agree a top two team in football, yeah, are we going to and, and th- bash them because they lost to the Chiefs? No, that's a good then, loss.
2: But then the problem is when they come back and beat the Jets by 30, I'm not also yeah, going to yeah, turn around and say It, say depends, an it depends how they lose. That, that is
1: true. I mean, if they get blown out, though, what are you going to say? Oh, they're not a good team because they got blown out by the best team in football?
0: I feel like I can't. But the Bills roster is supposed to be built to contend with
2: those teams. I That's can't true. feel strongly about this team either way until we get into Weeks 8, nine, ten. Going into their bye. Going into their bye, I will feel strongly about them one way or the other because they are going to have three games in a row that are going to be very tough opponents. I think
0: after the Cardinals game, once they face the Seahawks, Patriots, and Chiefs. We'll see. I'll see. Okay. You'll see what they're really made of if they're a team that we should really be
2: looking out for in the playoffs and if they can actually make a deep playoff run. But Bills Mafia, I hope you can respect that, and we'll see you week 11 at the bye. I'm not <laughs> trying to trash your team. I'm actually I, – I, it, it's the weirdest thing. At the beginning of the season, I wasn't, but now I'm starting to root for Yeah, you for
1: actually them. said in the beginning of the season you don't believe in Josh. Yeah,
2: but now – I mean, maybe it's because I've totally disconnected myself from the Jets at this point in time. <laughs> still, I mean, I'm still a Jet fan, but I just can't – I don't feel anything towards them. And I I actually enjoy watching the Bills. Like, they are such a fun team to watch. And I'm rooting for them to be successful.
0: Yeah, they are fun to watch. So the Titans were the team that beat the Bills. Do you think this loss, I mean, after going through COVID protocol, not being able to practice, getting caught practicing, NFL ultimately wanting to, you know, discipline them, was this, did this game against the Bills, did this win show you guys that they're a team? that are legit, legitimate contenders and can possibly compete for a Super Bowl spot? Um, Super Bowl's a stretch. I... I mean, last year, AFC Championship.
1: Granted, so yeah. So that would
0: be the next step.
1: Uh, but Yeah, but, all right, let me say this, because I, I like what you said before. This was a keep-your-eyes-open game. Like, all right, spotlights on the Titans. They just beat the Bills. All right, let's look. But the Super
2: Bowl? Ah... Uh... I I like the Titans a lot. I think that... I think it just depends where they play. They're going to be in it every week. Mike Vrabel, I love him as a head coach. I think that he's going to get his guys ready every single week. And I think that he is a huge reason why they made it as far as they did last year. And that's why I won't count them out. I just don't know if when it comes down to a Kansas City, maybe... uh, Ball, they beat Baltimore last year, so I can't even say Baltimore. But a Kansas City, like, I just don't know. It Nine times out of ten, I'm taking the Chiefs in that matchup.
1: It's nine. Ten uh, times out of ten.
0: I don't know. If they're facing ten times, I might pick the Titans three.
1: I wouldn't pick them Really? Three.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't pick the Chiefs to beat them every single time. If
1: if if, if I said nine. If, we're, said if nine. we're at Vegas and I'm <laughs> betting I'm going to pick the Chiefs ten times. Just just off the simple fact that I'm just that's not I mean, even a just knock on the Titans. It's not a knock on the Titans. The Chiefs are just really that good, and I would pick the Chiefs. Ten, I would pick the Chiefs ten times. I of do on a lot of teams though, so that's not a knock on the Titans.
2: The good thing for the Titans though, their schedule is very easy. Shout it out. Like they, uh, I'll I'll literally run through the whole schedule. The Texans easy game. The Steelers is a tough one, but then they have the Bengals. I know you're not going to like this, but the Bears, who right now I just don't Come think on, are that <laughs> strong of an opponent. Plus, we don't even know who's going to be playing quarterback for them at that point in time. Are they going to flip back to Mitch? Or are they going to stay with Nick, Foles? with Nick Foles? Nick Foles is they're going to stay with Nick Foles. Then they got the Colts, who I will, I'll, I'll prompt our later topic. I do not believe in Phillip Rivers whatsoever at this point. So I think that's an easy game. Then they got the Ravens, a tough one. But then they got the Colts again. Browns. The Browns is a tough one. But then they finish with the Jaguars, the Lions, then the Packers, but then the Texans. So they have a lot of winnable games there. Like, they have three or four difficult games sprinkled in that schedule. And a bunch of games they really should have no problem with. The Titans are
0: 4-0. We all know that they didn't have a, a hard schedule. They beat the Jaguars, Broncos, Vikings, and now... The Bills, they're sixth in offense and they're ninth in defense in points allowed. And the amazing part about that stat being ninth in defense is that they're 29th in yards allowed. So they almost allow the most yards in the NFL, but they don't let teams score. They didn't play anybody yet, but they don't let teams score. I mean, even if they, yeah, they didn't play anybody and they they allowed a lot of yards to the Jaguars, to the Broncos, to the Vikings. But they didn't allow these teams to score. And I feel like that's an amazing stat. And Ryan Tannehill is playing like an elite quarterback right now. Ryan Tannehill to Manahill. I was high on him last year. I said the Titans were going to make the playoffs last year. I said Tannehill was going to lead them there. I love Ryan Tannehill. Right now, he has nine touchdowns, he's playing great one interception. Football. He has a 110 QB rating, 84 QBR, the highest of his career. And he's 11 and 3 since starting with Tennessee. <clears throat> he's really shifted their culture. And I think the Titans, if they can fix their defense, which is a huge possibility, then they can, they can possibly upset one of the top teams just like they did last year, upsetting the Ravens. The next step for them is going to the Super Bowl. They made the AFC Championship last year. This Tennessee Titans team reminds me of the 2009 Jets with the better quarterback and not an elite defense, a team that exceeded expectations and made the AFC Championship and in 2010, we know the Jets made the AFC Championship and were this close to going to the Super Bowl. I think the Titans, this is a year that they either get over the hump or they fall short once
2: again you know, I'm so in an AFC of, Championship. I'm so sick
1: of you milking those two AFC Championship thing.
2: Hey, get off our mm, yes. get off our back. It's so, the only um, thing we have. Uh, I mean. <laughs> I wonder what it is, though, that was holding Ryan Tannehill back in Miami that he then got away from and became so successful in Tennessee. He was injured a lot. He like tears. They say like is, twice. Is that what it is? I I have been. Spire, really... I mean, it was
0: Adam Gase. We know that. Yeah. But.
2: <laughs> That's what I was getting at. I was hoping somebody finished sense. But I've been really impressed with him. Uh, he was he threw for one ninety five against the Bills, but essentially he's thrown for two hundred yards in every game they've played, and he's not doing it in any eye popping way. He's not playing like a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen. Or Russell Wilson, where he's going to be in the MVP conversation. But he is doing everything they need him to do to win football games. And Derrick Henry hasn't even been having as good of a season as he had last year. So Tannehill's been picking up a little bit of the slack without A.J. Brown, who's their best receiver. Mm. So I've been really impressed with this offense. And I and, think Adam Humphreys was out too. Yeah. And I can Corey Davis was out too. They've, they've been like uh, musical chairs with the with the receivers or targets, even in general. Because I think Jonu Smith missed the game also. But and then you on top of that, you take in the fact that they've been dealing with the COVID situation. It's been impressive that they've been able to stay four and or0 And I think you're right. Although I don't think they're the best team in the league. Like you, like you mentioned, the Jets in 09, they were never the best team in the league. And in a lot of games that they went into, they weren't favored. But you knew whatever game they went into it was going to be a dogfight, they were going to be prepared, and they weren't going to get embarrassed. So that's what I see them as. A- any day of the week, I'm not yeah. going to bet against them. But when it comes to teams like the Chiefs, and you know, I, it's a very short list, but a team like the Chiefs. It's only the Chiefs. Exactly. It, it, how are they going to get past them?
0: Last year, they were up in the playoffs. So was the
1: Texans. Everybody was up on the Chiefs. But the Titans (laughs) had
0: a better chance than the Texans. The the Titans accumulated that lead in a better fashion. I mean,
1: the defensive thing, you are right. They do have to step up the defense. I just look at the AFC as, besides the Chiefs, I think every top team can honestly beat anybody. So I think it's really just going to come down to who's ready to play. But... Letting the Jaguars and the Vikings score thirty on you is not going to help you in any way. But I, d-
2: I don't know. It's just. Well, then again, holding the Bills to sixteen is impressive. Yeah, that's,
1: it's it's tough with them. Like, see, like it's just so tough with them because they, they they held the Broncos to fourteen. Granted, the Broncos.
2: But that was when they were healthy too. Yeah, they had the Broncos Drew are like up, they they're, had they're
1: good. Then the Jaguars pour thirty on them. Then the Vikings pour thirty on them. Then they held the Bills to sixteen. So it's like, what I see is inconsistency on the defensive end. And if they become more consistent, then maybe they can knock off the Chiefs. Maybe. But I think in the end, it's going to come down to what QBs,
2: who, who's going to outplay each other. And I will always pick Patrick Mahomes over Ryan Tanno. I think the part that I least like about the, t- the Titans is that we are not going to see them tested over a stretch of their schedule this season. Like every time they play a tough game, I feel like they get a, a breath of fresh air the next week. Whereas, we just looked at the Bills' schedule. In the next five weeks, we're going to see who they are. I don't feel like we have well, that in the Titans' schedule. I think we do. We got Steelers,
1: Bengals, Bears, Colts, Ravens. The you thing could about make the Titans, an argument, but
2: like I don't think that the Bengals and the Colts are that. T- Maybe the Colts. You could make I an argument. Just because it's, it's a
1: division game, a division game
2: is always going to be tough. And you, you could make an argument for that. Bears, Colts, Ravens, Colts, Browns. Browns yeah, that would be the
1: best stretch for them. And after that, it's pretty...
0: The thing about the Titans is that they could be in any single game because they rely so heavily on running the ball. But Tannehill has even shown that he can be clutch and he can win games as well. I mean, he had a lot of game-winning
2: drives last season alone. <laughs> and and I'll tell you what, if they get up early, you are in trouble because then all they got to do is pull out the halfback dive yep. Yep. and run the clock down. And they'll definitely do it. I think the Titans are a serious
0: contender because outside of the Chiefs, I think you put the Titans as the second-best team in
2: the AFC. Yeah, and, and you look at what they did to the Ravens last year. The way they won that game was getting up early and holding the lead, and the Ravens weren't accustomed to that because they had been been so used to getting up by a touchdown or two and running the ball, right. and they got a taste of their own medicine from the Titans, and it worked to perfection. And, and you mentioned it. Even when they got down, they could claw their way back in games. Tannehill played really well in clutch situations, so...
1: Uh, I agree. I, I think these these next couple weeks are really to tell us who's the second best team in the league for them and the Bills.
0: Phillip Rivers right now is in that same division. I wish I had those screenshots. He you. plays oh for the Colts. God. He has four touchdowns and five interceptions so far in the season. They're three and two. They lost to the Browns and the Jaguars, and in both of those games, he had two interceptions. What are your thoughts on the Colts? Should they trade for a quarterback at the trade deadline to upgrade from Phillip Rivers? I want to hear your thoughts. My thoughts is that it's a brand new system. Mm-hmm. And we still have to wait and see. Uh-huh. But if the Colts can trade for Sam Darnold, they have to trade for Sam Darnold right away. Uh-huh. So he can be either Phillip Rivers' successor or he can fill in for Phillip Re- Rivers sometime this season. Oh, okay. But... The problem with the Colts is deeper than just Phillip Rivers. Uh-huh. It's not all on him. Uh-huh. Even though he makes bad decisions, <laughs> the problem with the Colts is that their offensive line hasn't been advertised to what they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be advertised as this elite group, but passing, yeah, they are. When they're, when they're pass blocking, they are. I think they're uh, um, sixth in pass blocking, but they're 24th in run blocking. Phillip Rivers was supposed to go to Indianapolis to manage the game and to just be a game manager, but a veteran, right? An upgrade from Jacoby Brissett. Absolutely. They were supposed to rely on that running game. Marlon Mack gets injured, and Jonathan Taylor, because their run blocking hasn't been so good, hasn't been that guy that people thought he was going to be coming into the league. We thought Jonathan Taylor was going to be a top-10 running back off a rim. I still I still think he's been solid, but like you mentioned the run blocking hasn't been there. So but when you think about what he had in Wisconsin, he was probably he had like he shattered so many records. I mean, so John Taylor coach. was and running backs when they come into the league, they come out swinging. They come out as, yeah, I'm here, I'm ready. Josh Jacobs last year. We knew he was a top running back as soon as he got to Oakland. But also, I feel like the Chargers and the Colts position kind of switched, right? With the Chargers, the problem was they didn't have an offensive line. And their receivers were really good, but they didn't have any time to throw to them. And Phillip Rivers is an athletic, so he can't do what Justin Herbert is doing now. With the Colts, your offensive line is good, but your receivers aren't. T.Y. Hilton is a good receiver, even though he's getting older in age. Against elite corners, T.Y. Hilton gets shut down. Their second best receiver is
2: Zach Pascal. Average at best. Michael Pittman was up there on the depth chart. He had to have surgery, so he's yeah. Michael done.
0: Pittman's on IR. Paris Campbell, out of Ohio State, he's on IR. Their third best receiver is this guy named Doris Fountain. Doris Fountain, and then their receiving their tight ends are Trey Burton, who hasn't been good since Philadelphia in his first year in Chicago. When he left, and Stupid. and Jack Doyle, who's a blocking tight end. So, I don't think that it's all on. Philip Rivers, the Colts have some problems on offense. And at this point in Philip Rivers' career, you can't ask him to throw the ball 40 times and expect
2: to win games. So let me ask you something. If you're the Colts, would you give up a second and a third for Sam Darnold? Absolutely. I, I wouldn't know even I, thi- would. I, wouldn't I would. I would do it before it. Joe Douglas hung up the phone on me because if you put Sam Darnold in offense, the Colts might be a playoff team. We Do think they I, are a playoff team. I, I think I think they might win the division if they had Sam Darnold, the quarterback. Mm. Because so what you're saying is Sam Darnold is better than um, that guy? Phillip Rivers? Yeah. At this point in time, mm.
1: yes. That's interesting. Yo, remember Phillip- when you—hold on. <laughs> this guy. Remember when you told me in the summer, you said Phillip Rivers is going to have the Colts winning the division, and he's going to play one of his best seasons he's played in a while. Remember when you told me that?
0: Yeah, we're four games into five <laughs> games into the season.
1: No, I'm just I'm just making sure you, everybody remembers and that you remember what you told me. You talking about he's something get Sam Donald, he might not be playing it towards the middle of the season. That's not what you was telling I mean, there's me. so
0: many different reasons for that. Yeah. I mean Sam yeah. Donald has superstar potential. What? You get him in indie I
2: agree with that.
0: You oh you, you get Sam Donald in Indy with Frank Wright, an offensive minded coach, he can succeed. And okay. he has a great offensive line. Superstar listen, thing is listen.
2: really a stretch. When I say Big when star. I say superstar potential, you could I'll say star potential to make it seem a little bit more realistic. But I'm saying if you get him in an offense with a real head coach and even a half-decent offensive line and weapons, I think that he could be like Carson Wentz before the injury. Ryan Tannehill right now is playing at elite quarterback level. Sam
0: Donald is by far more yeah. talented than him. If he goes to a system that's good, he can be doing things that are even exceeding what Tannehill is doing. Tannehill's
2: playing great. You would say by far more talented? Like, by far? I would say so. I mean, if
0: you see them play, yeah. I mean,
2: Tannehill is a better decision maker. Darnold obviously still makes a bunch of young mistakes, but... He hasn't been coached like, yeah, out of them exactly. Yet. It, it, you need to get him in a system and you can see the flashes in New York. And I, I, the big joke is like Sam Darnold makes one nice play a week and everybody thinks he could be the a superstar. The Jets have not won a game when Sam Darnold hasn't played. Exactly. And and on top to of that To be fair,
1: they haven't won a game this year when he played either. No, but no, we're but talking about last year. Last yeah, year yeah, yeah. when okay, he came
2: year. back last year, I believe they went 6 and 1 after he returned from the 6 mono. and 2, 6 two. and 2. So like he can be a difference and maker. And it's not
0: only that, but the numbers of how many points they score yeah. too changes dr- drastically when yeah. Sam Darnold's on the field. With the same
2: roster that you put out, uh, I believe it was Trevor Simeon and then Luke Falk, and they looked huh, They were horrible. Embarrassing. <laughs> and, and literally all you changed in that offense was Sam Darnold versus one of those two guys, and it was a whole new world. So... You know, I, I think it's there, but he's got to end up in the right spot. I think the Colts would be a perfect place for him. He could learn under Phillip Rivers, and you would be buying low. You would be buying extremely low on a guy that was the third overall pick just two years two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. I think and so. maybe a three. I, he's still the youngest starting quarterback in the league at this point in time. So you would essentially be drafting a first round talent. For a second and third round pick, I would do that in a hard. And this quarterback draft isn't very heavy.
0: I mean, they drafted Jacob Eason. He had probably the strongest arm out of everybody coming out of college, but he's very raw. Like he's not polished. He's not. He's not good yet. He's not even ready. If Phillip Rivers really does continue to play bad and they need to make a QB switch, mm-hmm. then Sam Darnold would be the perfect alternative to that.
1: Do you think Phillip Rivers stays after this year? He signed a two year deal, so he's out. He's in. So you saying? Get- no, actually,
0: no. He signed a one year deal. For twenty five million, I'm pretty but sure. But I mean, look at what Brady where... he signed a two year.
1: years. So you're saying get Donald to grow under Phillip Rivers?
0: Yeah, that would be perfect but for them. That would be perfect for Sam. Sam could so go you're to basically,
1: you're basically, you guys are basically essentially saying, yo, we're done with Darnold. I'm not trade him. The thing is No, I'm not saying I'm hey, done with Darnold. I'm we, saying that yeah, we've had the Jets are done with Darnold pretty much. So well, okay, done. I'm saying not like you, but like you yeah. as in the Jets. I, I, I Yeah, but
0: also if I'm the Colts, it's not that it's not that I'm the Jets and I'm done with Darnold. It's that if I'm the Colts, I'm going after Darnold. Yeah. If he's and, available. And
2: you know that the Jets are going to be willing to take calls on him. I mean, Joe Douglas has literally come out and said he is willing to take calls on anyone on the roster. So he's a Goof. <laughs> we'll get to that. But you know, it, when you look at the Jets situation, it's just you have to pay him in 2 years That's and in <laughs> in 2 years we're not even going to be close. So, like realistically, it just makes more sense you're more than likely going to have the number 1 pick in next year's draft you are the giants. and you but, you, but you, but you
0: talked the uh, oh, sorry for cutting off, but you talked about me picking the Colts to win the division. You did. They, could, they can still
1: win. I'm just saying though. You yeah, did. Yeah, but it's I mean, you're talking about the Titans. The Titans are four and zero.
0: The Colts are three and two. Uh, they can that, still that win. That sounds
1: to me like a pretty good, good stepping stone.
0: Not really, because the Titans had a bye week. That's really why. Okay. Pretty much, they could lose this weekend and easily be four and one, and the Colts three and two. They're and still, then the Colts they're win. Ahead. They're still ahead.
1: Not yeah, but it's not a big lead. It's not. But I just want. But yeah. you just said the Titans are the second best team in the league. That's what you said.
0: No, as of now, yeah, okay. the second you best team in the AFC. pick
1: the Colts. I want you to stick by what you said. You had the Colts winning the division. No, yeah, I definitely had the Colts right. winning the division. Stick with by what you. All I'm Rivers. saying I just wanted to remind the world that's watching us that you picked the Colts, and I want you to stick by your word, and I don't want you to change it.
0: No, yeah, but the, it's right. not over yet. That's what I'm just telling do you. Do you. No, I know that's what, what you. I'm telling
2: you. Do you still believe that? With, their, you, with it, their receivers? I'll, I'll, give, you, with I'll their, give you this chance right now. You, you're can gonna, you're chain, you're you can either cha- you change your pick or stick with no, the No, no, court. no. See, this, this, this is this him this him my thing. Let them switch week eight. This, week is, week this is, is
0: my thing. This is my thing. I could care less either way because I love the Titans and I love Ryan Tannehill. I was right about them last year. was, yes, absolutely. I didn't even think they were going to replicate what they're doing this season, you but they, you they picked did. picked the Colts. I picked the Colts because Phillip Rivers was such a big upgrade from Jacoby Brissett, but also I thought their offensive line was going to be elite. Their offensive line hasn't been elite thus far. I, that's not my fault that you thought that in the offseason. That's your thought. Rivers, no, but I mean, if, if you asked anybody, they would have said this offensive line would have still been league. They have it, the same if, players. If
1: you, if you go into an offseason and you pick this team, then you're basing it off what you think is going to happen throughout the season. If it doesn't happen, that's not anybody else's fault but the team. But you pick them with the thought that, yo, this possibly could happen, that they could not play this great. But you're going off the assumption that they will play this great, and they're not. But that's not my fault. Do you yeah. think that Jacob Yeah
0: that's not my fault either. I know. Because if I, I pick you, them I based off you, that, that's not my fault. I don't fault want either. you to
1: come in here switching picks. I don't want you to stick by your word. No, I didn't switch picks. All I'm right. just saying, don't give them a chance it's, either. Let him stick by it's his it's word. It's
0: extremely it's extremely close. The gap gap is extremely close to who can yeah. be first place in that division. So if you want to call me wrong five weeks into the year, that's fine. No, I'm just. But we'll weird. see what happens week seventeen. We'll actually see.
1: No, but you're talking you about have an he, actual argument. You're talking about Philip Rivers is about to get benched. You told me he was. I didn't play. say he was about to get benched. When did I say that? You just said bring Sam Donald. He's probably not going to be playing. You just said that. No, did
0: not say if yeah, Sam you just Donald said that, bro. bro I didn't say <laughs> Philip Rivers was about to get benched. I bro, said like you that said you could you could bring in Sam Donald in case Phillip Rivers keeps playing bad, then what gonna you do? can put him in right. or if anything happens, if Phillip Rivers gets injured, you have got Sam. Oh,
1: okay, okay, there's there's okay. just a bunch of ways. All I mean,
0: same thing with Carson Wentz. That's why you have Nick Foles and now you have Jalen Hurts. That's okay. why they drafted Jalen Hurts because Carson Wentz is injury prone and he's not that good this year. Okay, I mean. Do you think that Phillip Rivers has been an improvement over Jacoby Brissett?
1: Honestly.
0: I think he has because Jacoby said he had better numbers but the problem with Jacoby is that he wasn't really a risk taker. I know that Philip Rivers, his problem is that he likes to play hero ball sometimes, and that's why he throws so many interceptions in the clutch because he mm-hmm. just wants to make a play. But I think he's an upgrade over Jacoby. Jacoby's a good starting backup quarterback, and he would be a good starting quarterback. There, right? He would, yeah, he would have been a good starting quarterback if you have weapons around him, if you got like the perfect team around him. But I think Philip is a little bit better at reading defenses. But it's his first year in the offense. So you know,
2: I just feel like he doesn't give him have time to adjust. I just feel like he doesn't have that same arm talent that he did to make those euro ball him, decisions what
1: do You mean give him time to adjust he's thirty nine years old. What do you mean give him time to adjust It's not like to so adjust twi- to an office like he's a twenty five year old about to be in this office i, for so all I for years. people. Do-
2: so people don't adjust to offenses?
1: Bro, he's 39, bro.
2: I will say it did not help his case that they missed OTAs, training camp. Absolutely. And all of that. Yeah, I feel like it's ridiculous to, to feel everybody like it that doesn't.
1: That's for everybody.
0: Not I mean, for KC, if you got a quarterback that's been in the I offense mean, for right, so right, long, yeah, okay, yeah. it's second like, nature to them.
1: Everybody missed OTAs. Everybody missed the same time. Okay,
0: name me one player who got into a new offense this season. And is playing lights out phenomenal. No, oh, you
1: said okay, you said lights out. Um nobody. Okay. <laughs> uh, nobody.
0: Yeah, it's five weeks into the year. Yeah. Phillip Rivers is still learning the offense and trying to know
1: everything. I'm just saying, about as, a, it. as a veteran, a guy like Phillip Rivers is a star, he, it should take him a little faster than most people.
0: Not really, because you gotta get reps in. And it's hard to learn a playbook. It's not easy.
1: Yeah, I mean, as a star, you know, Philip Rivers, he was he was this guy. He was talking about when he was messaging, he was talking about this guy is great, amazing.
0: No, yeah, but I feel like you're underestimating how hard it is to learn a playbook. It's not easy.
1: No, I just think it's easier for veterans who's been to who's been an all pro QB who's been to Pro Bowls that I think they get it a little faster and easier than like a regular QB. They should,
0: but they got to get reps in. It's only been week five. We had no preseason. That's true. COVID's messed everything up. Even I think they had the Colts had to shut down their facility facility today. True. Why? Yeah, because of COVID. So. I mean, there's they a lot a couple, of stuff to go
2: into it. They had a couple of positive tests, but they all ended up, all five of them ended up being false positives. So they ended up getting back, but, you know, it's it's a whole nother dynamic. Le'Veon
0: Bell to the Chiefs. He just signed there because Joe Douglas is an idiot. <laughs> so is Adam Gase. Le'Veon Bell is in the Chiefs, so how do you feel like his impact, what do you feel like his impact is going to be with the Chiefs? Do you think he's going to be what he was in Pittsburgh or just a step above Clyde Edwards-Alaire?
1: I think it just be another addition to the passing game. I think that was always one of his best skills. You know, I don't think he's going to necessarily be there to just run the ball, run the ball. I think he's going to be more suited for the passing game because that's really his strength, getting out there, screen routes, all that good stuff. So I think he's going to fit that offense pretty good. And now they have a veteran running back, a guy who's been there, done that, so that he's going to be able to help the younger guys and get them suited in better too.
2: I, I was just thinking the same thing. I think one of the biggest parts of his acquisition was – getting him in the running back room with Clyde Obertzolaire, who they took with a first-round pick. So clearly they think pretty highly of him. I'm sure they want him to be their running back of the future or at least near future until his deal is up. So getting Le'Veon Bell in the room with him is a huge plus. I don't even know if Le'Veon will start for them, but out of the passing game, it's like adding another slot receiver, one of the better slot receivers in the game, because you remember how potent he was in that Pittsburgh offense. He's still only 29 years old. Plus, he took a whole year off with the contract disputes. So, like,
1: you could say he took a year off with you guys too. You guys suck.
2: Well, he he dealt with the injuries that kept him out, so it's not like his body is in any position where you know he's close to being done. He's he's refreshed. Like, I think he's ready to go. And now that you I put him so in a good offense where he'll be used correctly, I'm excited to see what he does. It depends on, like you mentioned with Philip Rivers, he's got to pick up the playbook, he's got to figure out the offense, and depending on how well he slides in, which can be a difficult adjustment. I think he could be a big piece for them in an already ridiculous offense. When this move first
0: happened, I was at my school, and I was talking to some friends about it, and I kind of had a lukewarm take about it. As a runner, at first, I said that Le'Veon is going to make much of an impact because their offensive line, in terms of running blocking, is average at best and not very good. But in terms of a pass catcher, he'll be a huge addition I'm kind of mad about the move because I drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire with the first-round pick (laughs) in my fantasy league. But needless to say, I think I was wrong on that because if there's one coach that can maximize his talent, it's Andy Reid. And at this point, I'm not going to bet against Andy Reid. There's a huge possibility that we see Le'Veon Bell go back into his all-pro form that he was like in Pittsburgh. And that he has about 200 yards from scrimmage against the Jets when we play them. I think, think there's a huge possibility that that so? can happen.
2: Yes, that offensive line in Pittsburgh I, I is really great. I honestly think, I honestly think that if Andy Reid wants to make it happen, he can. Like they would have to focus on it, but realistically, that'll be like a good practice for them.
1: Not to mention, that's like another, you know, leadership at the running back position. Experience. He's been to the playoffs. He's been to the AFC Championship. Repeatedly, so that's another guy you get in there who knows how to win, knows what it's like to win, and now instead of playing a rookie in the playoffs, you got a guy who with veteran experience is somebody who knows how to win too. So that's like a big bonus. From these guys are going back to the Super Bowl. And I just I don't see anybody else who could beat them honestly.
0: At this point, I think they were probably going to go back to Super Bowl regardless <laughs> if they got Le'Veon Bell. Now they got Le'Veon Bell, so the chances are obviously higher.
1: They're the favorites. Heavy. But it, when
0: I saw Le'Veon in New York, and this is why I didn't think that his running ability would translate to Kansas City because he lost some bursts. It was obvious when you watch Le'Veon Bell
2: that he lost some bursts. Even I was saying that Frank Gore looks better. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the thing about Le'Veon is his bread and butter has always been patient running and waiting to find the hole open up, mm-hmm. but you can't do that if the hole never opens up. So you need at least like an above-average offensive line to depend on that run style. And the fact of the matter is the Jets never had that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if the Chiefs have that in the run game where every time he gets a handoff, a hole will open up. Because it seemed like every time he touched the ball in Pittsburgh, he would take three stutter steps behind the line and a hole would open up somewhere, and he would be able to have enough burst to hit it. That never happened in New York. And I don't know if it'll happen in Kansas City. But passing game alone, it's a huge addition. I
0: mean, I think for the next couple of weeks, Sammy Watkins is out. Mm-hmm. They could possibly play Le'Veon Put at the slot. slot receiver. Even though they I have DeMarcus Robinson, who's not a bad receiver. But, you know, Le'Veon may be better than him as a receiver. You never know.
2: Yeah. It doesn't even matter. But I
0: hope he does succeed. Yeah, I wish him the best
2: for him. When he was, like, in his short time in New York, he was... Everything you could have wanted out of him, it was yeah. just at the end of the day, he he made the wrong. He didn't make the wrong decision. He got his money, but it was not the best career decision for him wise. because I think he could like, went somewhere else. Exactly. If it was to Baltimore. Exactly. Exactly. That would have been great for him too. We we were not trending upwards, even though we might have seemed like it because of a couple of
3: uh,
1: more. Injuries.
2: Yeah. It, Injuries and signings that made us look better than we were going to be, and last year we needed to make the playoffs, and Sam Darnold got hurt, it ruined our chances, and everything fell apart from there. And I feel bad for him because I think that he truly believed he could be part of the group to turn it around, and then everything just unraveled around him, and he still stood tall for as long as he possibly could until essentially his coach came out and Laughed at the notion that they were misusing him when they were clearly misusing him, and at that point, it's just like, what was the point of him being here? Yeah, I agree. I I hope the best for him. Yeah, me too. Moving on from Le'Veon Bell, we're going to talk about the idiot
0: that traded or that released him, Joe Douglas. (laughs) And listen, the Jets Jets fans have been not criticizing Joe Douglas enough for me. I know Adam Gase is horrible. I know he's a horrible coach. He should have been fired at the end of last season. You could even say when we started 0-4 last year, I never wanted Adam Gase to be the coach for the Jets. And he deserves most of the blame, but not all of the blame. Joe Douglas deserves blame for this Jets mess. And the reason I say that is because Joe Douglas is essentially an Adam Gase puppet. He is only with the Jets because Adam Gase was part of the hiring process to hire Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas essentially is the Jets general manager because he wanted to work with Adam Gase and because Adam
2: Gase got him the job. I'm going to clip that part where you said that he's an Adam Gase puppet. He is. For the end of the season when he, he fires Adam Gase right. and he's still here and Adam Gase is And he
0: does nothing to make the team better.
2: <laughs> this is a list of the good things Joe Douglas
0: has done that, has fans anointing him as the next great GM. (laughs) Draft Makai Becton. In a loaded tackle class. Why are you
2: saying that in some in which, condescending in, in, tone? In, in which,
0: in which, if we didn't draft Makai, we were going to draft Tristan Werts, who's been a baller for Tampa Bay. If we didn't draft Tristan Werts for Makai, we would have drafted Jedrick Wills, who's yes. a baller and, for Cleveland.
2: And, and none of the you could keep going with the list, but none of the guys that you were going to mention have been the best graded offensive lineman in, in the class because that's Makai back Two there. weeks though. Yes, and in those two weeks, he was the best. These offensive guys are lineman still good though. And he we got, were still going to get, get a franchise injured.
0: left tackle either way. Can I ask you a question? That's what I'm saying. Can I ask you a question? Before right. you go, before you go. Oh, okay. Quick question. And the good is that he got two first rounders for Jamal and Bradley McDougal, who doesn't even want to be on the Jets. Okay. Oh, <laughs> anybody? I told you. At this point in time, ba- the bad Douglas do has done. He got he inherited a team with a number one wide receiver now and oh. Robbie Anderson, a Hall of Fame talent in Jamal Adams. Wow, now he's and a lay, Hall of Fame and And Le'Veon Bell. He didn't re-sign Robbie. He undervalued him. Robbie Anderson cried to Michael Irvin on the phone and was so sad he was leaving New York. He was crying. Joe Douglas didn't bring him back. Instead, he brought back, he brought Brashard Perriman and Chris Hogan. Brashard is a first-round bust, and Chris Hogan is just another guy. He barely played for Carolina last year. And then he traded Jamal. He released Bell. <sighs> He's lied to the fans. Each time he's been in the press, he's lied to the fans. He mishandled Coletcio mm-hmm. Semley's injury, who's now in KC. He fined Quincy Anunua for missing two treatments for being with his wife. And he mishandled McKay's injury by letting him be active against the Broncos. And he mishandled Sam Darnold after he got injured, and they still let him finish off a game. And you see that same injury, a sidelining him. What does Joe for Douglas weeks.
2: have to do? So with he that? has
0: no role in any of it. He what? has no hold role. On, hold on, hold I'm on. Crying. What
2: does Joe Douglas have to do with Adam Gase putting Sam Darnold back in the game? He's not on the sideline. He can't call them. He can't. He can't. No. He's general manager. What, what about what about Beckman being active? He has a role in That's that. That's a different story. Okay, he does have okay. a role in that. But at so, the end of the day, Makai Beckman said that he was available to and I still disagree with it. But I want to go back to the point you made about what he inherited. Because I think it's very funny that you cherry-picked the three good players that he inherited Our on the entire players. roster. Because how about this that he inherited? He inherited John Isdick's draft, which in two years he drafted 19 players, none of which remained on the Jets roster. Mm. None of which remained on the Jets roster when so he they picked up the, the ro- Jets team. So they weren't on the roster? No. Because okay. it was 19 missed picks in a row for two years. Mm. Then after that, Mike McKagan made 34 draft picks. Six of them are still starting. Four, Five of them are backups. The rest of them are off the roster out of the NFL. Mm. So in two years, that is one of the lowest draft percentages in the entire John league. John Isdick. To remain... When no, that's he, John Isdick and Mike McKinnon. Mike back-to-back okay. in a decade. Had two of the worst GM drafting performances in NFL history back-to-back. So bad. that is what he's inheriting. And yeah. the problem is is that Mike McKinnon, towards the end of his tenure, put lipstick on a pig by signing Le'Veon Bell to a too big of a contract to give to a running back. Uh, I agree with that. CJ Mosley to too big of a contract. But you know what? At the end of the day, they were big names, and they got people excited, and they got fans excited into thinking that the team was something it was not because we had no depth whatsoever. And we had starting positions like cornerback where we had Tremaine Johnson making $20 million a year. Didn't even want to be in the NFL anymore. So we had (laughs) starting positions where we didn't even have starters that could play, let alone backups and good teams in the NFL. Not only have every starting position, maybe one or two filled out with solid NFL talent, but they have solid NFL talent as backups. And we had none of that. So what you're telling me now, is that Tremaine Johnson,
0: a guy that Mike McKagan signed, wasn't a good player, and Joe Douglas had to let him go, right? Wasn't 20 million dollars. He he was a good player that McKagan thought he was going to be for the Jets, right? Yes, and he let him go. he missed on it. He missed on it. Didn't Joe Douglas miss on Pierre Desir? Yes, but he didn't pay oh, him twenty million dollars. Okay. But he missed on him too. He didn't pay him wait, wait. twenty million dollars for multiple did, did years. Did he let go of Brian Winters, our starting guard, who's who would have been the best guard on the team right now? He's a, he's in Buffalo right now. Didn't he miss on him and, too? And
2: what would he have been to the long term? Because I know what you're going to say. Now you're going to go into a list of players that he let go, like Robbie Anderson. He traded Jamal. He released Le'Veon. But you could take all of those players that you're going to list and put them on this team, and like I asked you that night when we had the conversation, mm-hmm. what would the team be with them? A five-to-six uh, five win team this that is, would this is, team this is what the team would have been. This
0: is what the team would have been. Last year, week one against Buffalo, we barely lost to the Bills, we and now we've seen—we blew. We, we should have beat them, and we now blew. we see the Bills ascending into new heights, surrounding the franchise quarterback with stars— and then we see the Jets and Joe Douglas getting rid of every single player. Right now, we could have been in the same position as the Bills right now. River, okay. <laughs> we have Ro- we had Robbie Anderson. Oh, also, Joe are Douglas you? Joe Douglas inherited our number one wide receiver right now, Jameson Crowder. That wasn't his signing. That was Mike McCadden's signing. Even though I hate McCadden too, but I'm just letting you know that th- these are good players, right? Joe Douglas had Robbie, Robbie's good. Le'Veon, Jameson Crowder. Refused, no line, refused to be aggressive. To trade for a Diggs or a Hopkins, even as bad as Adam Gase is, you give Adam Gase an offense with Robbie Hopkins, Bell, Crowder, Herndon, and
2: Darnold no will at least be average. You cannot be serious with me right now. No, I'm being to, dead serious. Then, then to compa- compare the Bills roster to the Jets roster, going it before the Jamal Adams trade because that's when everything started last year. With- last Jack,
0: last year going into the season us as Jets fans, had the Jets making the playoffs yes, over did. the Bills. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Jets yes, fans, did. we yes. thought 100%. we had a better roster, you but did. then now you're saying that we weren't even close to them. We Our roster was close to their roster. They just kept being aggressive.
2: But the fact of the matter is they had and still have a much better offensive line, Quite a back. better defense, a better quarterback. Who has been not even a better quarterback? Because I don't know if Josh Allen is a better quarterback. I think, no, he's better he's than Sam right Donald. now. I think, last year, been, I think last year. Okay, he say that, but now he's I, done. I, I, Joe Douglas. I'm saying talent. I'm just oh, okay. saying Josh Allen has been much more de- has been developed much better. So right now he's a better cor- a better quarterback so who's Jack, been putting better. better more position. talented than Allen. That's, That's another I, argument. But look, Jack.
0: Okay, Joe Douglas, and on he, top he he of that, he had, had McDermott. He who's a he inherited Adam Gase. He he inherited a bad offensive line. Right. What did he do to fix it besides drafting Makai, Beckon? He drafted
2: Makai Becton and brought in George Font, who has been much better than you've given him credit Is, for. is George Font— Much better. <laughs>
0: Honestly, is George Font a massive upgrade from Kelvin Beacom? <laughs> yes. No, he's not. He is a, he is a big one upgrade of, over he, Kelvin He's Beecham. one of the bottom 15 tackles in the NFL. That's a quick like, question. If he's one of the— and.
2: And bought, uh, Kelvin Beach was one of the worst. What,
0: what about Grev- what about Greg Van Roten and Alex Lewis? A guy he brought in from Baltimore. That's the worst starting guard duo in the league. Yes, two misses on one year deal. Two, two misses. Okay, on, two misses. On, on what about Rashard Perriman? Has he played? So <laughs> you're gonna blame him? So for that's, a another guy that's another miss. That's another miss. That's another miss. That's another miss. What
2: about Chris Hogan? Has he been a hit? Oh, so you know what? Then the 49ers must also suck at bringing in talent because Joey Bosa and Jimmy Garoppolo got No, injured. I'm just saying the guys, the guys guys part, right? has, has, the guys that Joe Douglas has
0: the guys that Joe Douglas the guys that Joe Douglas has brought in have been misses outside of Makai Beckton who's been a hit in free agency that Joe Douglas signed who has hit nobody. I want to hear what you had to say. I just teams. had a
1: question cuz you were talking about like you were talking about how Makai Beckton like you were being sarcastic with Tristan Wolfe and all the other guys after you just but he's been pretty good. No, Makai Becton is really good. He's a great great bashing player. him.
0: No, I'm not bashing Makai Becton. I'm just saying that was an easy pick. Any oh, okay, general manager okay. drafting for the Jets was going to pick a tackle in that draft. That they, that M- tackle draft was loaded. Makai
2: Beckton was not supposed to be the pick at 11, though. And Tristan Worf has been good. If too. it
0: wasn't Makai Beckton, it was going to be Tristan Worf's. And, Wirfs. and if good. it was Tristan Worf's, we would have been happy with it anyway. But <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm saying. But at
2: the end of the day, through two weeks, which is the sample size that we can use because that's the sample size that all tackles that were drafted played, Makai Beckton was the best out of any of them. Fourth. So you have to give him credit. Fourth or more rookies. No, I'm, yes, I am giving. Him credit. no was I'm like saying like he hit. I'm
0: saying I never said he didn't, he missed on Makai. He hit on Makai. A- and here, but uh, in that draft, you would have hit on most of the tackles outside of Andrew Thomas. Possibly. Hold on,
2: hold on. This is my biggest problem with your argument because I'm not saying that he's the savior. I'm not saying that he's gonna lead us <laughs> oh, to the just, Super Bowl just, in five just, uh, years.
0: Okay, you go first. I want you to I want to hear <laughs> your take, and then I'm gonna tell you all my problems with Joe Douglas and why I'm so angry. You already told us all your no, because no, I, so you, you I have so much more. I have I have more. But okay, go.
2: You, I'm not saying that he's going to lead us to the Super Bowl in the next five years. I'm not saying that he's the Messiah because I don't know what he's going to be. But I'm willing to give him a chance. You're the one that's saying that we should fire him after one draft and off season, which I think is totally no, irrational. I didn't say that we should fire him. No, because you said multiple times last night that we should fire Joe Douglas. <laughs> the yes. reason the I reason, can show the screenshots. I will post look, the screenshots under not. the video. Okay. He's a little angry. All right.
0: Obviously, I'm going to say that because. I already think that Joe Douglas is trending in the wrong direction. Same way that last year you wanted to give Adam Gates a chance. But then you notice in hindsight that, damn, we should have just fired him. I'm noticing in hindsight that we shouldn't
2: wait two years. Well, the, Joe Douglas no, is going to no, be no, 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 horrible. No, no, no. But the problem was the difference between the two guys is that when Joe Douglas signs as a GM, the consensus among the league was that it was a great signing. He had a good history and in Philadelphia wasn't. and Baltimore, which you discount – but when you look at Adam Gase, the consensus when he was signed was that it was a huge miss by the Jets. He was bad in Miami, and he hadn't had any success since Peyton Manning. Just, which any of the three of us could have run an offense with Peyton. Manning. Just because the league, just because the league <laughs> thinks so, it was a great sign, it
0: doesn't mean it was. And also, I'm not saying that it is. But Joe the Douglas to this matters. point, Joe, Joe Douglas to this point has been bad as a GM, and that's point blank Perry. He, he hasn't been, been good.
2: You, you
1: don't think he can improve?
2: No, 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 no. Maybe,
0: but how? Okay. I'm, th- this is my real problem with Joe Douglas. One is that he's a coward. Okay, right after they, after they, after <laughs> okay. they, after they released Le'Veon Bell, he refused to speak on the Michael K show to talk about the moves. Throughout this whole process of this Jets mess going on, he's only. Adam Gates has been the only guy speaking. Joe Douglas has been a coward. He hasn't been showing his face in the media. You know it, and every (laughs) Jets fan knows it. Oh, and I want to—these quotes are all in different dates, right? Right. But I want to read you a list of quotes that Joe Douglas has said when he lied to the fan base repeatedly, right? First quote. When I first met Sam's parents in the first preseason game last August— I promised them that I was going to do everything in my power to take care of Sam with protection and playmakers. Last year when he was the GM week 1, can we say that Sam has better playmakers this year than he did last year? No. He doesn't. So he lied. What about pass protection? Is it that much better? No. A little bit, not much. Okay. Let me he ask said, you. No, no, he no,
2: no, said. No, 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 before you move on from that quote. Find me one GM in the league that would have done an incrementally better job surrounding him with talent in the time that you've given him that you say we should fire him and he's a terrible GM. A GM that would have not let go of Robbie Anderson. There,
1: there are... Can I ask you a question? If, he would,
2: if Robbie Anderson stays, what happens? Nothing.
0: We have a, we have a receiver that defenses key in on so, and so, other receivers get better opportunities. So let me
2: ask you something. Why didn't Robbie Anderson have this season last year? It it's almost seems as though... Adam Gase is a terrible no, play no, yeah. caller, no, no, and no, no. You don't have With, an without, offensive Without line. a doubt,
0: without a doubt, Robbie is also having this season because there are better receivers around Robbie, yeah, like, like DJ, D.J. Moore. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, these speedsters, right? So he's but space but that's my team. problem. On a rookie deal, why aren't you being aggressive to get the team more weapons? We could have had Crowder, Robbie, and a Hopkins or, or Diggs, and e- even why did we? Why did we have to let go of Robbie to sign Perriman? Why couldn't we have just pair him in too? Why did we have to let go of Robbie to sign Denzel to draft Denzel Mims? You like we that We didn't. Man. No, I love that. Yeah, De- I love Denzel <laughs> oh, okay. Mims. I'm not sure if he'll succeed with the Jets in this dysfunction. You were praising that, picture. but I'm saying that why couldn't we do both? There was no reason for us to so not re-sign you Robbie. Keep,
1: you could have kept Robbie. Yeah, regardless. but
0: let me go to these other quotes. We're trying to create the best culture in sports. <laughs> You mean by finding Quincy Enunwa for missing treatments for being with his wife? You mean mishandling Colegio Assembly's injury, mishandling Mikay Beckton, not surrounding with not surrounding Donald with anything? Basic, he said. See, we're, see he said that. we're trying to create the best culture in sport and sports, and right now this is the worst culture in sports. That's your way what, of
2: framing all of those things. What, that what about
0: all this? If you're not trying to win a Super Bowl every year, you shouldn't be in this business. Mm. Is Joe Douglas has his moves prove that? He's trying to win a Super Bowl
2: every year. You you are mm. actually out of your mind. Respectfully, <laughs> no, no, you are no, out of I'm, your I'm, mind. I'm... <laughs> if you think they You could take issue with the quote, but what do you want him to say? Be, because that quote had to have come from a question. So what did you want him to say? No, you know what guys, we're not trying to win a Super Bowl. We don't want to win Super Bowl. He Bowls. said, we it. Don't he win said games. it. He said it.
0: My, this He is also just, said this.
2: He's crazy. He's out of his mind.
0: He said this. I feel, he said this about Adam Gase, I feel like he's the right coach to lead this team. I feel really good about where we are with him and his leadership. Everything I've seen has been outstanding. We share, keyword share, they're in this together. We share a vision on what we want this team to look like. All these moves when did he make is that
2: and Douglas. When did he make that quote?
0: Uh, also, I want to talk about When did G- he make that quote? I'm not sure. I didn't get the
2: dates. Because, <laughs> because again, I didn't I didn't again, get the dates. I didn't get the dates. Again, but what also, do you want him what but do you also, want him to say to the media? We don't believe in our head coach. But also We're planning on firing him if he doesn't but, win the first but three also, games. But
0: also, I wanna I want to go
2: to this quote. Jamal Adams, you know, when he was
0: going on his rampage to manage Meta and he basically gave him all these statements, he said this. He bashed Adam Gates, but he also bashed Joe Douglas. Jamal said, why would Joe come out and say, we want to make Jamal a jet for life? Why would you say that and then not even give me an, off- an offer? They didn't even give him who an said offer. That? Who said that? Jamal Adams. Okay. Jamal Adams was talking about Joe, du- Joe-, Joe Douglas. Jamal Adams bashed Joe Douglas. How do you go out to the media and say you want to make our best player a jet for life, which, which should have happened, and don't even give him an
2: offer? Well, you also have to take into consideration the fact that we're in a global pandemic. You have no idea what's going to happen with the salary cap in the next two years. Come on, I'm man. sure it played a role in it. Kansas City and, didn't care. No, no, no. Let me ask you something about Jamal Adams, though. He, he made this whole big stink about, didn't how, care. about how he wanted a contract extension, but I haven't seen the Seahawks extend him yet. Why is that? Because they haven't said they're going to extend because him. Because it was never really about a contract extension. Yes, it was. He wanted out yes, of New York because he knew that they weren't going to win the, in reason, the next few years. And the he reason wants to win. Which is fine if that's the case. But come out and say that instead of hiding behind the contract extension and making fans like you think that it's Joe Douglas's mm. fault.
0: Oh, so what about mm. you said, so come out and say that. So you wanted Jamal to come out and be honest, right? Yes. So why aren't you saying that same thing to mm, Joe Douglas? Why aren't you telling Joe Douglas
2: to come out and be honest? Because Joe Douglas has been a liar. Because Joe Douglas. Because Jamal Adams was not prompted to give those course to the How Manish do you know? Meta. He went to Manage Meta to write that story. I clicked the wrong. This is the is. thing too. This is the thing too.
0: It wasn't always about a contract. Because Jamal Adams, at least if you're going to play for a loser team, at least get paid. <laughs> right? And also. Joe Douglas already set the standard that we're going to pay Jamal. Seattle hasn't done that. That's why when Joe Douglas says that and he
2: basically ignores Jamal Adams, Jamal Adams is frustrated. I just think it's interesting and funny how Jamal Adams was all about the contract extension and then he gave his list of teams and they just so happened to be the seven betting favorites for the Super Bowl that next season. (laughs) And he ended up with the Seahawks and has not said a word about a contract. Because in my opinion, it was never about the contract. He just wanted out of New York. And the second mm. he heard... He just wanted out of New York because he wanted to win. The second that he heard, the Cowboys sent a phone call into Joe Douglas and he answered the phone, which is a normal thing that happens in league offices every year around the trade deadline. His heart was dead set on being out of New York and he was waiting for any excuse. And he pushed the limit Further and further until we had no choice but to deal him. And the fact that Joe Douglas still got two first-round picks for it is an incredible job.
0: The fact that Joe Douglas got two first-round picks is because Jamal has two years left on his contract, including a third year, which could be a franchise tag, and any team that he went to would have owned him for three years, basically. That's why we got two first-round picks for Jamal. But not because the, of but anything That's else. not going to well, well, happen. him being
1: with you guys for the last three years, what would have done, inevitably? Nothing. Nothing. And that's, If, if and Joe
0: Douglas would have try to improve the roster no. we might have been something we might have no. been a playoff we- team right because you you know what's crazy you know what's crazy if all we needed was to fire Gase, why couldn't Douglas have kept the talent and just let go of D- Gase after this season instead of letting go of all our players because and then it's starting new with the brand-new
2: coach? Because it's not just Gase, and this is what I've been trying to tell you. Because ca- it's Joe Douglas, this, too. This is where the canyon size difference between my opinion <laughs> and your opinion comes, and it's that you think that this team could be competing right now, and I'm telling you they couldn't be. And, and We were in the maybe, same position as the Bills last year, maybe, week one, and they— they did things the
0: right way, which is why they are where they are. Maybe. If the Jets did things the right way, we would have
2: been at least. Competing. No, because you know what the Bills had? The Bills had a solid structure for multiple years through being bad, where they drafted their way back to success. You know what the Jets didn't have? They didn't have a competent GM for a decade before Joe Douglas. And I'm not saying that Joe Douglas is the answer because I don't know. The jury's still out. But the fact of the matter is, is that when you have John that go 0 for 19 in draft picks, and then you have to get fired. And then you have Mike McCannan right after John Dick. When did John Isdick, Isdick leave? 2013. And so we're
0: gonna blame what's happening in 2019 on a 2013 been, guy yes, that left.
2: You've been yes. bad since like because because when you look how about look at the Bills GM record from 2013. Because when you look at good teams, when you, look at, you, look, teams, when you nah. look at good teams, they retain talent for a decade long. Buffalo Bills just became a good culture. The fact that the because I'm not saying that ten out of those. What, about, picks the have to what hit. about the Bears? What
0: about the Bears? What about the Bears when they drafted Trubisky? They fired John Fox, and then instead of rebuilding the entire team and leaving their young quarterback with nothing, they went out and they traded a first round, two first rounders for Khalil Mack and made the playoffs and won
2: twelve and four the very next year mm. with yes, Matt Nagy. And, and it's clearly not sustainable so, so, because they had a down year next year and, and they're now four and they, one and, now. And now they because they benched Mitchell Trubisky for Nick Foles, which is also not sustainable. Okay,
0: so the quarterback didn't work, but they made sure. They made, they
2: tried to make the quarterback work. And, and which is something the Jets aren't doing. On top of that, their roster is much better than what Joe, Joe Douglas inherited. Because when you look at it, they didn't like have a number I, one they, like they, I, they went
0: and signed Allen Robinson. They didn't have a number one receiver before.
2: Like I said, when you go six for 54 on starters in 54 draft picks before you bring in a new GM, it's not sustainable success. He could have went out and pulled a Mike McCagnin and put lipstick on a pig by trading our future assets that we need for a receiver like DeAndre Hopkins. It's also, sure he could have done that. And we could have won nine or ten games this season, maybe if we went all in and potentially made a playoff spot and given everybody false hope, and then we would have been in the same position two or three years from now when we didn't have draft picks to draft any talent that's sustainable we for the team. He had the talent. I
0: Honestly, I'd rather DeAndre Hopkins and two late first-round picks. I'd rather Jamal Adams and two late first-round picks. Because that's you just don't me. trust the GM. Yeah, because Joe Douglas is an idiot. He's shown he's an idiot so far. He's a coward. He doesn't even speak to the <laughs> media. And Jamal Adams left, right? Jamal Adams left because why? Because ultimately he wanted to win. Because ultimately he believed the statement from Joe Douglas when he said, if you're not in this business to win a Super Bowl every year, then you shouldn't
2: be in it. So,
0: so Joe Douglas lied. Joe Douglas on. is
2: trying to lose. Hold on. So you think? <laughs> so you think that Joe Douglas is a coward, but Jamal Adams isn't a coward. He's, not, he's a president. When, he's a no, prince. No, 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 no. no, no, no. But he's not a coward when he said he's here to stay. He's built for this. He wants dogs in the locker room. But <laughs> now, the second there is anything going wrong with the team, he's on the first flight out. Mm. And he's not a coward. It wasn't. He's what's not going a coward. Wrong with the team. He's,
0: he even said, you know, in the interview with Manish Mehta. Jamal, yeah, the, the hit Joe, piece oh no, yeah Jamal on his way out Jamal Adams even another said, cowardly move no Jamal Adams even said if they don't trade me I'll still show up for everything because I'm a team first guy and I'm gonna be there for my teammates he was still going to practice with us he said he was going to show up it's a
2: very easy thing to say
0: after oh, it, it's you've a been very traded easy thing. and you're on the plane He and, wasn't traded and you're right at that a point he wasn't traded
2: with the most hate with the beat writer who hates the team that he got his press credentials pulled from Manish, he, because, Manish he reported, Meta got his, because he reported two signings that didn't happen. It's almost which like was the Anthony Barr ones. No, no, one? no, 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 Logan Ryan. And there was another one that he reported that did Kyle Long. He reported that the Jets had had a deal in place with both of them and neither of them signed Damn. after he reported them as breaking news. It's almost like it's two guys that have a vendetta against the team and teamed up to write an article together. You could take it I as think, you will, but I'll take it as I, I will. think. I think your mistake
0: is that you're giving Joe Douglas more time and, okay, you know, you want to have this belief in people, which is fine. It's cool. You know, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't give up on people so fast. Me, I'm already giving up so on Joe Douglas. So just like you're giving up on this season – I'm giving up on Joe Douglas. So, so wait, so wait, so wait. So wait, hold on.
1: Um, Joel, so you're done with Joe Douglas and Adam I'm Gaze.
0: done with the Jets no. this season, and I'm done with Joe Douglas. I'm done with Adam Gase. I'm done with everybody
1: that has contributed to this mess. And you're on the train as if to give these guys more time. They haven't had
2: time yes. to really... I no, think... he's
0: on the time that Adam Gase should be fired. So you but both the agree guy... Adam Gase is gone. Adam okay. Gase should
2: be fired. I okay. think anybody with it, any football sense believes that Adam okay. Gase should but, be fired. But Joe but, Douglas is given Joe... more time. Adam Gase.
0: Yes. Okay. This is my last statement. Adam Gase... Is known to make bad decisions, right? We all know it. But he made the decision to hire Joe Douglas, and I. He was part of the and, decision. and I and I and I refuse. Well, he was part of it with Christopher Johnson. Christopher Johnson can't even think for himself. So <laughs> it was actually. So it was actually Adam GaSe. If that was his decision, I'm banking my money that Joe Douglas was the wrong decision too. So but vicious, the fact buddy. of
2: the matter is that the rest of the NFL executives said it was a great move, and he was a part of two Super Bowl rosters. At the bills, end of the day, which you what give, are they going to say? You give no credit to because he was he a role player. There. He
0: was you a Danny Green he, in the corner. He wasn't doing nothing. That is he not was, how front offices. He was, were. He was come on. Danny he Green was
1: very important. He
0: he he was he wasn't the star. He wasn't making the ultimate. He was final, final most, decision on he things. Was, he
2: played a huge player development role. And, he was and a scouter. scouting role for both of those teams. He was a scouter. Yes, and what did those <laughs> two teams do? Draft talent. It's almost like drafting talent leads to a Super Bowl but at the roster end of the day, down the road he didn't if you have, hit on those picks. But at the end of the Billy. day, he
0: didn't have the final say on who they're going to draft.
2: When he was the scouting director? They don't have the final say on who, who drafts the player. No, but he gives GM. the main opinion. He gives them the information. The, the, the GM information. writes the pick in, but at the end of the day, the scouting director is the But at the end of the day, the the picks, of the day you don't
0: know if any of the picks that he recommended even got picked. So you're the one being skeptical. I'm, I'm being it skeptical off of what is
2: more likely reality.
0: <laughs> no, you're being skeptical because you're saying that he basically picked those picks. Which is what a scouting director does. No, they give the information. You're saying that they give the information to the coaches and the GMs to make the decision and they tell easier.
1: Them, they tell them what's the best pick in the scouting eye. If you're a scouter, you go out there, you give them a list, and you tell them, I think this is the best guy.
2: So you were the one taking the doomsday scenario that... Both the Ravens and the Eagles GMs didn't take a single pick that Joe Douglas picked and, and, and I and doubt that he rogue. would and
0: I doubt that he was the only scout too. No, he wasn't the only okay, scout, he but he the was the scout. head scout. He wasn't the only scout. The thing the <laughs> thing about it is that Joe <laughs> Douglas, Joe idiot. Douglas Joe Douglas, okay, there are some guys who are good as role players. Joe Douglas is probably a great role player, a great scout guy. <laughs> but when he's called upon to be the star, to make the decisions, he can't be that guy. And I that's just, what I think he is. I, I like okay, think, like Harris Levert, he's probably a great oh, role wow, player. Wow. Like no, what he, kind he's, of comparison he's probably is a great, great complementary role player, but. You're not going to ask Karis Levert to be a superstar. We know he's not going to succeed he in that, that role. And he was pretty, That's probably he was, Joe Douglas. He
2: was pretty successful in the bubble when he was the guy, but I don't think that that, com- that comparison has anything to do with this. I just think it's funny how you are laughing at me for having some— I'm be- not laughing at <laughs> For having some belief in Joe Douglas being the guy when you believe in this roster that when you take five guys off of it look like the worst team in NFL history. Hmm. You not could take really. you could take any five players off any other team in the league, and they would not look as bad as the Jets. Okay, you take Josh Allen, uh,
0: Stephon, not Viggs. a quarterback. Uh, oh, our quarterback's because injured. We right have now. our quarterback. Our quarterback's injured. And right I now. wasn't
2: talking about Sam Darnold because when okay, Sam Darnold take healthy, away so
0: you take away from the Bears, Allen Robinson, Khalil Mack,
1: um,
2: still wouldn't be good, and bro.
0: Kyle Fuller. No, they still wouldn't, wouldn't be, be good, good, but they would compete.
2: Yeah, I don't know about. They that. They wouldn't
0: get embarrassed every week. I don't know about that. Not having Khalil Mack is huge. That made their defense elite. They would
2: same but thing that to you Jamal disagree. Adams. Wait, what was the question? It, I'm saying that you could. And t- those aren't even he, five he's players. Brought up, he's brought up five players that the Jets have let go. And who is Jamal Adams? Go ahead. Name your laundry Jamal, list of guys. Robbie
1: Anderson. Was the other th- Levy Wait, Aldo, how, about, how about
0: this? The Vikings. The, Vi- the Vikings were second in division last year, right? This year, you take out Diggs. And Neil Hunter gets hurt. Those are just two
2: guys. Oh,
0: and they're corners, but none of them were Kirk stars. Kirk Cousins has
2: also been incrementally no, worse.
0: None of them were stars, right? So you take two of those guys out, and now they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. And, and the fact of the matter is, they're still competing.
1: I think the NFC's got Because they have a good a coach.
0: Game. So what you're telling me is they, almost that we should have kept our players and just fired our coach. So what you're saying Which is, is
1: if that if Joe Douglas was smart, he would have done. So you're saying take Khalil Mack, take Allen Robinson. I didn't,
2: I didn't say... You could take five players off any roster and they wouldn't be bad. I said you could take five players off any other roster in the league and they would still look like an NFL team. The we Jets don't look like an NFL team because an of, NFL we, team right
0: we don't look like an NFL team because Adam Gase is the coach. I know that, but Joe Douglas's no, moves no, no. have contributed to us looking really bad.
2: Even with a great head coach right now, I do not think we're above five hundred. And that's no, obviously we're not
0: about five with this roster. Hell, no. But. If we have Jamal Adams, Le'Veon Bell, Robbie Anderson, C.J. Mosley healthy, and these other we guys, still be a and, and a number one wide receiver like DeAndre Hopkins, you're crazy. you're crazy. You're crazy. See, we're I'm not. I'm not laughing at you league. for believing in Joe Douglas, but all I'm trying to say is you shouldn't. That's what I'm saying. You should. <laughs> but
1: you, but you think you think adding all that, firing your head coach and getting a new one, would make you guys competitive? Like keeping all those players, you still have Le'Veon Bell with no O line.
0: Riv, Riv, Let me tell you. Let me just tell you this real quick. The Browns last year
1: right.
0: were a disaster. Uh huh. They fired Freddie Kitch- Kitchens. They brought in a great OC and Kevin Stefanski, and now they're 4-1. An
1: you do not have an Odell. Are you, you, no, wait, no, wait, no. Wait, wait. I'm saying, I'm saying, no, I'm saying. Wait. Look,
0: look, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> this is what I'm saying.
1: What are you the saying? The Jets. Please just listen. What are you saying?
0: Cleveland Browns had talent and still were undisciplined and were a complete mess. Right. They changed the coach and now they look better.
2: They're far if more we talented just, than you guys, though. But, but you're, you're not backup, understanding what backup, I'm saying. No, no, no. But their backups are better than our starters. Yeah. But this is they what I'm saying. No wait, no this is what I'm it, saying. Speak, yeah, let let this speak, this speak. is what I'm, I'm saying.
0: If we have the talent on the team and we just would have gotten rid of Gase and gotten a good head coach, we would have been a good football team.
1: That but the same way how you're saying we would have been good, you also could have still been bad. You know that, right?
2: You you yeah. realize we are playing we are playing the second hardest schedule in football this season. Did you guys play a hard schedule last year too? No, we played the easiest schedule to in begin the year. Last we year. did, and we still went seven and. But
0: nine. still, if in, if you want to be competitive in the league, that's true. You have to beat these teams. And at the end of the day, I'd rather a GM. We're not competitive I, I, in the I league, though. so you're basically telling me what Joe Douglas said is, "Oh my God, we got a tough schedule." Don't re-sign any good players. No, it's <laughs> just what he said. That
2: you think we're going to be competitive, and we weren't going to be competitive Look, under any circumstance. Jets,
0: my final thoughts, is the final thing I'm going to say, the Jets are a joke, Adam Gase is a joke, and Joe Douglas is a joke as well, and I can't wait until a couple years down the line, people watch this
2: video and be like, damn, Joe Douglas was a train wreck. My final statement on the matter is that you are way too optimistic about the roster that Joe Douglas inherited. They had to go backwards before they could go forwards, and anybody who didn't believe that was blind to what had happened before Joe Douglas came in. And in five years, six years, if the Jets are a competing team, I don't want to see you rooting for them Mm. because you shouldn't be allowed to. Hey, look, hey,
0: look, man, if we're going to bet on the Jets being a competent, good team, (laughs) I'm glad in the area that I'm in.
2: Um, I'm not, no, no. But, but the thing is, I'm not betting on anything. I'm saying let's give them time. You're the one who is basically because I think Joe Douglas is done. I think no, yeah, because I I feel it. It's so been it, one season. I don't care. I feel it. So, it, can, are you at least saying that it's a hunch? Because if it's, it's a hunch, a hunch. I'll accept I, I don't that. think.
0: No, I think everything that I'm saying, I've had evidence for. It'd be different if Joe Douglas was a GM last year and we hadn't traded Jamal, and we hadn't re-signed Robbie Anderson yet, and we still had Bell, and at that point last year I said, Joe Douglas is going to be a disaster. That would be a hunch. But after seeing the moves he's made.
2: In one season.
0: Yeah. It's not a hunch. It's <laughs> evidence enough for me
2: to say this guy's going to be bad. And I'm saying to you that there is stretch. not enough evidence because he has had one draft. And first of all, drafting is supposed to be his bread and butter, which he's had one, he's had one draft. Oh, we don't even know if these guys are any good. He's had one. Except Makai. That's it. And he's already better than John Isdick or Mike McKagnon because that is better Mike than McKagan any Mike drafted Jamal. Yes. Makai's okay. not better than one Jamal. One player out of 34. Leonard picks. Williams is...
0: Uh, um, is is, is Makai better than Leonard Williams? Leonard yes. Williams made a Pro
2: Bowl. Yes. He, I don't know. He is already two games, more impactful. You're crazy. Impactful you're, Leonard crazy. Williams. you're crazy. He he is, is, in two games to the Jets, we he had was, the best run defense was, of Leonard Williams. He was already more impactful to the Jets than Leonard Williams was all season last year before he got traded.
0: But we're talking about when he was first drafted in the years that he was drafted. Yes, and he didn't improve at all. All right, but he was good. He made a Pro Bowl. He wasn't some bad guy. Listen, we'll see. Mark, about it. <laughs> it, well, it, we also drafted Marcus May,
2: too in in, in, did. in five or yes you just listed two of the six two of the four all right we don't know if that, that same remains.
0: history is going to happen with with Joe Douglas so like i'm saying you want to give Joe, Joe Douglas time to draft that's fine it's whatever for me but i'd like to see Joe Douglas keep our talent and draft well as well
2: keep and our ta- i don't think that's too much to ask keep for. our talent so we could be a six win team not yeah. get a, not get a good yeah. enough draft pick to improve yeah. it all because
0: if we have more talent and we just stack talent
2: because he's good at drafting, we'd be more than a six-one team. You need each picks year. to draft. So, so what picks did you want to draft us if you wanted to trade our picks for DeAndre Hopkins? We would still have a terrible. They didn't. Line. Dra-
0: they didn't draft. They didn't trade a first rounder for DeAndre, we but they still s- traded picks. If you're telling me to trade Lamichael Ryan and Denzel Mims, it would not have been Lamichael Ryan. He was and the fourth rounder. They traded a fourth and second, and David Johnson and Le'Veon,
2: who is the guy that you coveted so highly that you wanted. No, what to are keep. you saying? What are you saying? They I'm saying. No, I'm saying. Trade no, I'm saying co- they we did, we didn't Johnson. have to trade
0: Le'Veon. We could have traded somebody else. Who else? Uh, who no, else? In I'm our not. I'm not saying talent pool. I'm not, would
2: we have given up for DeAndre Hopkins? Look, I don't know who else, but
0: David Johnson was called washed. So if we would have, we, we could have gave them two
2: second rounders. Who cares? It's DeAndre Hopkins. Who cares? The people who are drafting this team for the future—that's the problem—is the nah. mindset of who cares playing with our draft because picks. it's DeAndre because Hopkins. If I'm getting
0: DeAndre Hopkins, I don't care if I'm giving up
2: two seconds. I'm getting DeAndre. That mindset is exactly what has put us in this position for the last decade because that the attitude mindset. was who cares mm. about draft picks? We'll go out and get two or three big names, and it'll look good. We'll win six or seven games, but. But at the end of the day, we have no future. Jack,
0: the Cardinals were a mess with Josh Rosen that one year, right? With Steve Wilkes as the head coach,
2: did they go out and trade Chandler Jones, their best player? No. And did they, they go also, out and did they, they go
0: out and release Buddha Baker? They got a new quarterback. You
2: are comparing teams that are not even close talent wise to the Jets. Talent wise, did you see the Cardinals the Browns, that year? The Browns. The did Cardinals. Did you see the Cardinals that the year? Bears all the, have, the year
0: of Josh Rosen. Did you see the Cardinals that year? I don't. Think they were they, unbearable to watch. I don't think that you've seen the Jets this year. Have, have you seen, seen the their roster? Year.
2: They are mis- they are not even I've an seen their roster but
0: right I now. think you're you're really underestimating the
2: fact that we have to
0: get rid of our talent in order to get better. Yes. I think that's ridiculous.
2: I think you are underestimating the fact that we had to get worse before we could get better. I don't because think that's true. You have true. to trade 5 or 6 good players to get picks down the road to rebuild your out. team. Yes, they might not pan out, but you're betting on yourself. Give me the as proven give
0: me the proven players over the question marks. That's all I'm saying. That's what I ask for as a fan. We'll see who's right down the line. But we're going to move on to the Cowboys now who have a lot of question marks too.
2: Unfortunately, you can't enjoy your 6 win fantasy jets. We'll Damn. see it down the line.
0: Can the Cowboys win the NFC East with Dak without Dak? They got Andy Dalton starting at quarterback now. The Cowboys are 2 and 3, the Eagles are 1 2 and 1 because Carson Wentz has played horrible. So, do you think the Cowboys can win the division without Dak Prescott?
1: What's the... Can I ask you a question? Why did you have to add that at the end of your uh, thingy, as if it's just Carson Wentz's fault? No, I'm
0: saying Carson Wentz has been horrible. Okay, but,
1: like, why do you do that? You you just, like, why do you have to do that? You couldn't just say the thing? No, just, I,
0: I wanted to give the audience a reason for why the Eagles are in that position. That's all. It's not
1: just him, but, I
2: mean... I, I feel like... And I don't want to talk too long because I feel like Riv hasn't talked in an hour over there. No, oh, you guys are doing your thing. Right? You guys are doing your thing. I was actually pretty impressed with Andy Dalton and the job he did coming in. Granted, it was against the Giants, who are not very good, but I was impressed with you know what he showed coming straight if off the Dallas bench. schedule. Ah, uh, yes.
1: Alright, so I'm pull up Phillies.
2: Um, you know I thought that they played well in Dak's absence, but the problem is, is that. I don't question if Andy Dalton could be an average quarterback because I think he can be an average game manager quarterback. There's no question about that. But Dak has been, call me crazy, arguably a top five quarterback in the league over the first few weeks of the season.
0: His numbers,
2: yeah. And and that is what they've needed to stay in football games because their defense is so bad early, they rely on the passing attack, which is unfortunate because... That deems Ezekiel Elliott essentially useless late in these games when they need to come back. Mm-hmm. And the problem is if their defense is putting them in those positions with Andy Dalton, I don't think they're going to be able to come back nearly as much. And I think that that's what's going to hurt them. I think that Andy Dalton could be the guy if their defense could be stout, but I question that more than I question Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton has made four
0: straight playoffs with the Bengals. I think this Dallas offense is more talented than them. So I would bank on the Cowboys still being able to win the division, but only because the division is so bad. I think the problem was never their quarterback. I think they can get stable quarterback play from Andy Dalton. The problem is really going to be their defensive, and if their defense can honestly get any stops. If they're going to be this bad throughout the season, then I think that the Eagles probably have the best shot at winning the division. But if they step up, I mean, Andy Dalton can keep them above water.
1: I agree with you guys. I think Dallas is probably going to end up winning the division. I don't see us. I'm looking at our s- schedule coming up. We got Baltimore. We got a. I don't. I, I wouldn't even call it an easy win because it's against the Giants, and we lost to the Redskins week one. Then we got Dallas, New York. Then we faced Cleveland, Seattle, Green Bay, and Saints. So I, I'm looking at our schedule and the wins we needed to get were early on in the season, and we just lost to Pittsburgh, and. It's like every week somebody new is injured. Every week.
2: The, the biggest problem for you guys was the was the uh, Washington loss. Because that yeah. is... A, and the Cincinnati
1: know, tie. We shouldn't have tied. The, Cow-
2: the Cowboys need to play all the same teams that you guys are going to play. But you, you guys got Washington when they still had a glimmer of hope in week one. Or week two, I'm sorry. And now, you know, they're disintegrating. And it looks yeah, like literally. it's going to be two easy wins for the Cowboys, but, you know, I I do happen to think they're still going to win the division only because I don't see anybody else, no offense to the Eagles in the division, that will compete with them.
1: Me either. I think their roster is too talented. They Andy Dalton isn't, like, he isn't a bad quarterback. He's pretty average, but I think we're just, all these injuries right now to us, Deshaun Jackson, he isn't going to play on Sunday. He's just Alshon Jeffrey, so our receiving core is still, the the Travis guy Greg Ward's I don't even know his last Travis Scola. Yeah, I don't know how to say his last, I don't, say his last I don't know how to say his last name. So we still got these new guys coming in. So I I just I don't see us being healthy enough to beat these good teams. I mean we played hard last week when we played the Steelers, but in the end I just think we're not going to make the playoffs. I think Dallas is going to inevitably win the division.
0: Yeah I agree I agree with you. I think they probably are going to win the division.
1: It's
2: just the worst division in football. It's going it to take it's
1: going to take another Carson Wentz miracle. That's And we know that hasn't happened. It happened last year. You're such a hater. It's ridiculous how you hate.
2: The Carson Wentz miracle? I don't know. The if fact it that, last the fact year. that they made the playoffs last year over the Cowboys was I remember
1: when you threw a joke a saying miracle. if your quarterback has more interceptions than touchdowns, don't talk. You know Sam Darnold has more interceptions than touchdowns, right? I just remembered that. When did that. I say that joke? You said that. It we seems was like we a were, bad joke. We were texting was, and you. It wasn't no, me. Yeah, no, it. Was, trust me. It was you. You said that joke and it was just, I looked at you. It wasn't and me. And it was just like, it's so bad. And then I realized Sam Darnold also has that. It's
0: so not I my just, quarterback. I'm not on the Jets. No,
2: no, 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 no. no. Right You're not about to do that. He, he doesn't want to yeah. root for the Jets unless they're winning. I think we all agree, though. Put the computer over there. We all agree Dallas,
1: Dallas, if they lose, they're done, though. Oh.
0: Yeah, so you're just going to have to move that. So what we're doing, guys, right now is that we're about to have a caller call in the show.
1: This is a horrible adjustment.
0: Yeah. And you could just admit him right there, Jack. Uh, Just press admit. And I guess adjust the webcam so we could see all of us.
1: I feel so, like, out of sorts right now. I can't even get in the camera. I'm not going to lie. I think I could be done with this. Though. Let me see. Otherwise, I think
0: I have a tripod to put the camera on. I'll probably just put it on that. Can this come anymore? Oh yeah, look at that. Can he? Yo, yo, what's, up, what's man? up, man? What's up, man? This is hilarious. Hold up. Let me let me try to adjust the webcam. <laughs> Let's go, Rave. Yo,
3: what's up, man? I'm Joel. What's up? I'm Jack. Nice to meet you, bro.
1: Nice to meet you too. What you there by yourself?
3: Yeah, bro. I'm at my crib.
1: Bro has a Revis jersey. <laughs> yeah, bro, I had I had
3: a Lev jersey, but I had to take it down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, throw that away. <laughs>
2: Didn't feel right, man. Yeah, I love
3: the Dalton up
2: there though. Joe Douglas, that's all we got, bro. Yeah, not the Jets. Fan. Oh, don't don't tell Joe about that. Don't about what? Joe Douglas. Lo- he said Joe Douglas is all we have. Apparently, we don't have that either because he well, should I mean, be he should be fired and he's a joke. You're according a Jets to fan, Joe. too. I am. Yeah, we're both Jets For fans. Course. Joe Douglas <laughs> is a joke. Bro, not, it's too early, man. It's just, not on him.
3: Okay, thank you. Just wait. No, it's just too wait. early, bro.
2: Just wait. If you don't listen to anything else we put out, listen to the segment that he puts out about Joe about Joe Douglas, and let me know what you think about the discussion. It's out
3: already, or you're going to put it out? It's going to be put we're out. We put literally out. just had it, this, this is
2: why
0: we. This is why we called you so late is because the segment went on for forever. <laughs> <laughs>
3: we were talking
1: for like 30 minutes.
3: <laughs> I believe in Joe, man. What, else, what other choice we got? Yeah, though literally, no, literally. What
0: has make, make what Joel, has believing what has what has believing in anything gotten the Jets?
2: <laughs> what? He he's blaming Joe Douglas for fifty years of the Jets being bad, bro. No, 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 I'm not. I'm <laughs>
0: Essentially, not. Essentially, no, you no, are. No, I'm not. <laughs> what has, believe, I'm just saying, what has I'm just saying, ever gotten Just because just because I have no hope as a Jets fan doesn't mean I'm gonna put blind hope <laughs> in, into Joe Douglas. <laughs> I know he's not gonna be good.
3: Damn, jeez, bro, that's harsh.
0: Okay, so the reason we got Joel on the show right now, for you guys that don't know that are listening to the podcast, his name is Joel Dells. He has his his, oh, Joel. You know (laughs) you know what's you know what's so funny about that? I called you Joel because my name is pronounced Joel. It's spelled the same way as yours. Yeah,
3: nah, most people call me Joel too. So R- River honestly I- probably called me Joel for like three years before he finally nah, got it, honestly. You
2: know <laughs> the same thing? I just called you Joel because somebody called you Joel the other day, and I thought yeah. that was your name. I had been calling you Joel. You know what's nah, so messed real. up
0: about that is that people call me Joel. They don't call me Joel. No nah. one
1: calls me Joel. I call Why both of you Joel. Joel. It's just Joel. I, I'm not doing all Okay, so we got
0: okay. Joel. We got <laughs> and Joel. Joel. and Joel. We got Joe Dells. He has his own YouTube channel, which he talks about fantasy football. It's called the Fantasy... Uh, football show. show, football reaction show, right?
3: Yeah, okay. the fantasy reaction show. The
0: fantasy reaction show on YouTube. So we're gonna put the link in the bio for you guys to subscribe, subscribe to that. So you want to
2: hear your takes, bro? Week six starts Sits, and Week sleepers. Six. I need this. I got my rosters up right now because I'm in right. trouble.
3: Do all three of you guys play fantasy? I do. I yeah, don't. Of course. Uh, too much. All right. What, what's your records? Both of you, Jack and Joel. <sighs> I'm
2: five and zero. I'm four four and one, and then I'm three and two in the other one. Damn. You gotta bear with me because I'm in five leagues here, so I am four and one, four and one, three and two, two and three, and two and three.
3: Damn! All right, you guys are sitting. You guys are sitting pretty. Honestly, you're not doing too bad. But the main thing I want to say is, even if you're two and three, you're one and four, whatever it might be, it's not too late. Most most leagues, it's a 13 week regular season, right? So even if you're sitting at one and four, there was one year I started 0 and three and I made the semifinals. So even if you're sitting at one and four, two and three, 0 and five it's not over yet there's you know plenty of season left to go plenty of moves you can make it's kind of weird with covid one of my leagues actually got canceled we kind of just said you know we're not doing money this year we don't want we don't want to get into the playoffs and you know things go sideways and then you're in the championship game and you're missing your best player but either way going on to week six um i'll start the quarterback position first so my quarterback start of the week Wentz. my favorite huh sorry Wentz. When <laughs> nah, that ain't happening. Wentz is definitely not happening. My quarterback start of the week though is Matt Stafford against Jacksonville Jaguars. Like so that. there's idea. especially in one quarterback leagues. I hope you guys are streaming. I hope you guys didn't pick Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun. I hope you guys Ooh. got late round quarterback. I picked Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> You're five and zero. Oh, so I, listen, it's not you know it's not consistent. But either way, my favorite thing to do in one quarterback league is you're going to stream the position. So each week, you're probably having a different quarterback or you're picking up two or three, having on your bench and play the best matchup. In this case, it's Matt Stafford. So the main reason why I like Stafford a lot this week is his last two games with Kenny Galladay back in the lineup. If you remember the first two weeks, he had a hamstring injury that really limited him. His first week back was week three. And in the two weeks back, he's thrown for 476 yards and five touchdowns. He's averaging four more fantasy points per game with Kenny G back. And now they're coming off a bye. Galladay should be 100%. He's one of my favorite starts as well. Um, but not only is it Stafford I really like, is I like the Lions as a whole for fantasy. Because if there's one thing you can count on is the Lions doing nothing outside of Stafford. <laughs> um, they have done nothing on defense. They're the fourth worst in terms of points per game, giving up nearly 32 points per game on a weekly basis. And Matt Patricia doesn't get talked about enough. He is terrible. Yeah. He's right up. Th- he's getting into Adam Gay's territory now with the way Yo. he's using his running backs. That's that's not an exaggeration. He's using <laughs> Adrian Peterson more than DeAndre Swift.
0: Damn. Yeah, I know. I, I there was some stat that said that the Lions are one of the highest scoring first half teams, and in the second half, they're one of the worst because they run the ball so much more in the second half. Yeah, yeah and, and that, they play A- soft
3: zone. AP's I'm. Mostly offensively, because that's what I'm focusing on. But Adrian Peterson's seen 14.5 touches per game. DeAndre Swift, who they just used a second round pick on, almost everyone across the board said he's the best running back coming out this year. It's seen six touches a game. The week before last, he saw one carry. Like he wasn't. They're not using him enough. Unfortunately, this is going to keep going forward, which is going to lead to a bad rushing attack. They're bottom ten in the lead in terms of rushing yards per game. And that's only good for Matt Stafford because Adrian Peterson is going to keep averaging three and a half yards per game or three and a half yards per carry. And Jacksonville, back in the day when they had Jalen Ramsey and Boye and those dogs, that was different. But now they're a great matchup to exploit their bottom 10 against fantasy quarterbacks, giving up 22 points per game. And what I love to look at is Vegas. You're going to hear me talk about Vegas a lot. So Vegas expects this to be a shootout between two really bad defenses. The line is set at 52.5 in terms of over under, which is the fifth highest of the week. And the Detroit Lions have the third highest implied point total of 28.5 points. I like Stafford as like a top 15, top 12 play this week. Mm -hmm. I would start him over guys like, you know, Joe Burrow has a really tough matchup. Um, That's why I really like streaming the quarterback because you get a a matchup like Matt Stafford at Jacksonville who you could immediately plug in and start. And you could have, you know, took someone else in like the eighth round when you could have just used Stafford off the waiver wire.
0: Tell me what do you think about these starts at quarterback? <laughs> Ryan Tannehill versus Houston. Matt Ryan versus Minnesota. Julio is back. And Ryan Fitzpatrick versus the Jets. Which one sounds the best to you?
3: I'm going to get, because you you took my sleeper. So I'm going to get into it right now. I love Tannehill this week, man. Mm-hmm. So before we get into Tannehill, we need to get one thing straight. Tannehill, he's not good, bro. He's He's a great quarterback. In terms of fantasy, he's a great quarterback. You, fool, now,
2: you fooled me when you said he's not a good quarterback. Yeah, I was nervous, series, bro. I'm
3: telling you. Now, this is, this is one thing that L doesn't have going for him. He played for Adam Gase two years ago. Mm. That's literally the only thing not going for him because anyone who plays for Adam Gase obviously doesn't play well, and they always have this dark cloud over their head. But we see, like, Kenny and Drake, everyone coming in the season love Kenny and Drake. Everyone loved Devontae Parker. Um, we see what Robbie Anderson is doing now. But I, st- I still feel like Ryan Tannehill has that cloud over his head that he's not a great quarterback. But since week seven of last year, when he took over the job full time, he's been quarterback six in terms of fantasy points per game. Like, this is a guy you're talking about. You're starting him week after week. You don't have to think about it. You just set it and you forget it. The man of um, him. Yeah. Now, he's quarterback 16 this year. But remember, he did have that bye week because of the COVID outbreak. And he's a fringe quarterback one, you know, kind of in that similar to Matt Stafford range. But one thing I really love about Tannehill is his rushing ability. Um, no matter what in fantasy, you look at the top performers. Last year we saw Lamar, this year we're seeing Kyler, we're seeing Josh Allen. If you're able to run, because you gotta think, most leagues you're getting one point for every 25 passing yards, and you're getting one point for every 10 rushing yards. You have a guy like Lamar, obviously Tannehill is not to that that level, but he gives you an extra four or five points each week that's really gonna, you know, make that floor go up. He's not gonna have that like five point game, like he's always gonna have a very nice floor and a high a high ceiling because he's crazy efficient. Um, once again, though, a really good matchup against Houston. While they've been decent against fantasy quarterbacks, give about 18 fantasy points per game, this game is another one that Vegas expects to be really high scoring. Uh, the over-under is set at 53 points, which is the sixth highest of the week, and the Titans also have implied port tunnel of 28, which is tied for six. Anyone in this game, I'd love to start. Tannehill, Deshaun, give me whatever's a high over-under man, give me that quarterback, give me the wide receiver, running back, tight end, just sign me up.
0: Okay. So the starters, do you got do you just have quarterbacks Do you have other positions like I have running everything, backs? man. What do you need? I've got right. everything. Running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. Wide receivers and tight ends, give it to me.
3: All right. So my running back, I'll give you my start and I've I have, have bust too. If you want me to get into bust, we could do that too.
0: Yeah, definitely.
3: You want me to give you my quarterback bust? Uh you might as well. give me give me your
0: starters first and then we'll go into that.
3: Okay, so I'll do my starts first. So running back start, Alexander Madison against Atlanta. Did you guys watch the um the Monday night? It was Monday night, right against uh, Seattle. Night. yeah. Sunday, yeah. You watched the, the Sunday night game against Seattle. Mm-hmm. He Madison is a beast, bro. Like he's honestly, in my opinion, he's the best backup running back in all the NFL. He he's averaged four point seven yards per carry in his career. He's averaged five per five a carry this year. We saw last week he was getting the most of his carries in the second half when Dalvin down with an injury. He had twenty carries for one hundred and twelve yards. This isn't like uh. This isn't a step down. If you have Dalvin Cook and you picked up Alexander Madison, they're going to put up very similar production. Madison's going to go out and he's going to eat just like Dalvin Cook was. And he's also in a great matchup against Atlanta. The Falcons are a bottom 10 team in the league versus fantasy running backs. And then once again, a ton of scoring in this game. Vegas has the over under at 56 and a half, which is the second highest of the week. And the Vikings have the second highest implied point total of 29, chilling only the Kansas City Chiefs. This is, again, one of those matchups where any piece I could get I want my lineup. If you do DFS, love Madison this week. Um, he, he's a great start. Even without Dalvin, I wish the Vikings kind of Vikings kind of used him more, you know. Like he's such a good back, and we've seen what happens with Dalvin. Um, but yeah, he's a great start. Uh and then I'll go over to my wide receiver start while I'm at it. Do any of you own Odell Beckham?
2: <laughs> no, I, don't. I wish. Nah. No. Okay,
3: so I own Odell one league. And It's my main dynasty league, and it took, it took me the entire last year, right, that I'm seeing here. I'm starting Odell every week. He's putting up 8 points, 6 points, 10 points, 12. You're like, bro, you think he's going from Eli to Baker? You're looking at that as an improvement, and we saw the huge regression Baker had last year. But now, hopefully, at least I know that going into this year, Odell's not that locked and loaded top 10 receiver that we've seen in years past, especially with the Giants. But... When he's in a plus matchup, when he's playing a bad defense, he's played Cincy, Washington, and Dallas this year. He's averaged almost 22 points per game in those matchups. When he's playing tough defenses, Baltimore and Indy, he's averaging eight points per game. Now you see here and you see Pittsburgh, you're like, oh, this is a tough matchup, right? Pittsburgh's amazing against running backs. They're top five in the league against fantasy running backs. But against wide receivers, they're bottom five. Listen to listen to some what some of these guys are putting up. Week one, they play the Giants. Darius Slayton got six catches, 102 yards, and two touchdowns. Travis is coming up. Week two, Stutton, he got hurt midway through, and Judy combined, though, seven catches, 128 yards. Week three, somehow Randall Cobb got four catches for 95 yards and a touchdown. Randall Cobb hasn't been relevant in, like, four years. Coming up, it's coming up, week, it's coming up. Week four, you got the bye, and week five, you got your man. How do you pronounce the last name? Travis Fulgham? I no, Travis doesn't Fulgham, matter. Fulgham, 10 catches, 152 yards and a touchdown, like, they are making practice scu- practice squad guys and Randall Cobb, who's washed up looking like top <laughs> 10 players at the wide receiver position. Now they're constantly living up wide receiver ones. And they're also letting up a lot of big plays. So they're second most in the NFL in terms of air yards per game. The only team that's given up more air yards is the Seattle Seahawks. And we know how terrible that secondary has been this year. And we know how Odell is. He loves the big plays. We saw we did against Dallas. So I'm expecting a big game from Odell. I could see a 40 50 yard touchdown and I love Stefanski. He's getting really creative with him, using him in the running game, reverses, you know, that that trick play with Jarvis was obviously amazing. So I love Odell this week. And for tight end, for tight end. So tight end tight end is like hard the because most irrelevant position in fantasy. <laughs> it's it's irrelevant, but most leagues you still need to start one, right? So going into the season, you know, you have your regular guys, you have your Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, but one guy that's broken out and hasn't really got talked about him much is Johnu Smith. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. If I he's too. been he's been playing really well. He's tied down four on the week in PPR leagues, and he's missed a game already. Um, so it's time. This is the same thing I have with Tannehill. Man, we got to start respecting the Titans. Like they went to the AFC trip last year. That that wasn't a fluke. And he's averaging nearly seven targets per game, which is sixth highest among all tight ends. And even with AJ Brown back last week, he still saw seven targets a game. And it's one thing to have skill in, in football, but you need to have the opportunity as well. Seeing seven targets, you know, you're up there with the guys like Travis Kelsey and Andrews. Like, that's the target share they're getting. As I mentioned previously, this is also a high-scoring game, 52-and-a-half over-under. So wherever I get pieces, um, I know some people probably already own A.J. Brown, but New Smith is a really good player. He's obviously probably not available on your waiver wire, but that's my favorite start this week at the tight end position.
0: Okay, now let's get into the player's... You want to bench. You are not comfortable <laughs> starting or putting in your lineup this week. Who are those three players? Give me three.
3: All right. So I'm going to start the quarterback position. This one hurts me because I'm a big Joe Burrow fan. I came into the year. I love Joe Burrow. wasn't an LSU fan, but just seeing like what they have in Cincy from a fantasy football perspective, Joe Burrow is really talented. The wide receivers, Tyler Board is Tyler Board's a top like 20 wide receiver. He just doesn't get talked about like that. T. Higgins has played really well. A.J. Green is the worst out of all three of them. Um, Joe yeah. Mixon, even though he hasn't been exactly efficient, he's still a decent running back, and he you know he knows how to pass the tag, catch the ball at the backfield. Um, the only thing that scared me was the offensive line. That's what we saw last week against Baltimore. So he had seven sacks last week against Baltimore. Indy's a really good defense who he plays this week, but they don't get sacks like Baltimore does. The only thing is – they give up 12.5 points to quarterbacks. They It doesn't matter who they play. Indy's defense has been amazing this year. It's been first in the NFL in almost every statistical category, first, second, third. And they're projected to score 19 points. Guess how much the Jets are projected to score?
0: 21. 18.5.
3: Eight. So. Okay. So they're projected to score the same amount of points as the Jets, and we know how <laughs> god-awful the Jets have been. So I'm staying far away from Joe Burrow in every piece on this offense um all right so getting into running backs do any of you guys follow the denver broncos
1: yeah a little bit
3: they're terrible too right <laughs> like there's no two ways about it like we saw the denver giant uh, denver jets game like that was just the battle the number one pick it seemed like and the broncos i guess i don't know if you want to count that as a win or a loss but either way the broncos are really bad and i'm staying far away from melvin ingram i'm sorry melvin gordon and possibly philip Lindsay. so Earlier this week, I don't know if you saw Melvin Gordon had the DUI, um, and then he had this kind of freak illness this today. Um, He needs to be symptom-free tomorrow, passes COVID test, obviously. So there's a chance he doesn't play. If he's in or he's out, I'm not starting Melvin Gordon or Phillip Lindsey. I mean, the Patriots have been phenomenal this year against a running back. So they're top 10 against fantasy running backs, giving up 18 points per game to their entire backfield. We're not just talking about one guy, their backfield in total. And the Broncos – have an implied point total of 17.5. That's the lowest out of any team that's lower than the Jets. That's lower than um, I just mentioned Cincy. Like they're, they're projecting them basically to score nothing. Um, Melvin Gordon, while he's had his fair share of decent games, he's basically touchdown reliant, which means if you don't get a touchdown, you're not happy with him. He's only averaged 4.1 yards per reception. So he has seen a few targets, but he's not doing much with them. The only way Melvin Gordon does anything somewhat relevant is if he gets a touchdown And against that Patriots defense, I know Belichick's not going to just give it to them, especially there's no garbage time against Belichick, (laughs) you know. So you got to just sit there and pray he somehow finds the end zone because there's no other way he becomes relevant in this game. Now, moving on to tight ends. Tight ends, man, I could have picked probably like 10 tight end busts, honestly. Give us your receiver.
0: Give us your
1: receiver. Receiver, right. Give us two receivers, man. Nobody care about tight ends, man. (laughs)
3: Um, So the wide receiver bust. There's a few tough matchups this week, but my biggest one is probably Terry McLaurin. Now, this hurts me again because I love Scary Terry. I drafted him in my main league team, and it just pains me every week to see Washington just kind of like not care about what they're doing at the quarterback position. Now, they brought in Kyle Allen, and when he got sacked for Haskins, I'm like, okay, maybe this is a, a decent, you know, change of pace. Haskins hasn't been crazy accurate, but I mean, we saw that game. Kyle Allen looked bad. Alex Smith looked bad. And the Giants, who aren't a good defense, but James Bradbury has been a lockdown corner this year. Week one against Juju, he had six for sixty-nine. Alan Robinson had three for thirty-three. This is reception yards, by the way. Um, Brandon Ayuk had three for thirty-one. Robert Woods had six for thirty-six. Amari Cooper just had two catches for twenty-three yards. Like James Bradbury has been shutting everybody down. This game is the lowest over under the entire two, the entire you know slate of games by a whole two points, forty-two point five, and. With minimal scoring, two bad offenses, two bad defenses. I just want nothing to do with this game, man. <laughs> Are you
0: benching Hayden Hurst?
3: <sighs> that's funny because I have to start Hurst in one of my leagues. Because I, I, personally. I, I went to this draft with Hayden Hurst. It's a dynasty startup. It was Hayden Hurst, Chris Herndon, who I thought, you know, maybe oh, bounce back here, that's and Blake tough. Jarwin. And now I'm sitting here and I just have Hayden Hurst. Now, tight ends at that landscape where. You probably don't have a better option. I mean, you're probably looking at Hayden Hurst or some rent, like someone off the waiver wire, you know? So, I mean, if you have like another name you could throw out, I could probably give you some more advice. But that Atlanta game's a really high over under, so I don't mind it. Um, he's been getting a decent amount of targets as well, about five, six targets per game. So that's good to see. But we've just seen the last couple of weeks, he's not been able, him and Matt Ryan really haven't been on the same page. Mm-hmm. So you're looking pretty similar. Like, you need a touchdown for him to be relevant. But in terms of just tight ends in general, You could do worse.
0: All right. And now getting into the last topic, sleepers. Who are your sleepers for this week, week six?
3: All right. So we already talked about Ryan Tannehill. He was my quarterback sleeper, right? Wentz. (laughs) Wentz is not happening, bro. You seen the (laughs) offensive line? Yeah. You seen your receivers?
1: (laughs) You seen Um, Wentz? Huh? You're a Jets? Have you seen Wentz? You're a Jets fan, bro. That That's too.
3: Oh, okay, listen. We know we suck. You guys hey. just think are <laughs> good because you're in a bad division. Hey,
1: listen, man. Doesn't who are they, matter.
3: Remind me who are the Eagles playing this week?
1: Baltimore. We're gonna win. Ooh. Whoa. We're gonna win.
2: Whoa. Gonna
1: All win right, let's what? get like it. Let's the get into your battle.
3: Like you're gonna have more turnovers than <laughs> them. <I'm> like, <laughs> what y'all win? Let's All get right.
0: into your sleepers.
3: Uh, so running back sleeper, this is one of my favorite. I argued about making him my star of the week. It's David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Now, this is mostly because of matchup. So he's playing in Carolina against the Panthers, and the Panthers are the worst team against all fantasy running backs, giving up almost 32 points per game to the entire backfield. And if you saw last week's game, Todd Gurley looked like three years ago, Todd Gurley, where he was borderline MVP rushing. He had 14 carries, 121 yards and a touchdown, four catches for almost 30 yards through the air. Todd really looked amazing last year against this or last week against this Panthers defense. And since Tariq Cohen has gone down, he's gotten even more involved in the passing game, which is something you really want to see out of your fantasy running backs because points are more valuable per target compared to per rush because obviously you get a target out of the backfield and most leagues, you know, half PPR has kind of been the standard so automatically 0.5 right there and you're more likely to get more yards through the air than just running the ball in general. So since Cohen went down in week three, he went from averaging three targets a game to now averaging seven targets a game. Now, that's a huge increase, you know, and with that, he's going to have a higher floor. And there were rumors about Lev going to the Bears. Thankfully, it didn't happen. The only other option there really is Cordero Patterson, and he's nothing special at this point. Um, another point is the Bears probably should win this game. I think the Ravens rather than Carolina. They're three-point favorites according to Vegas. These are the Bears have really strong defense as well, so I don't see Carolina putting up like 30, 40 points like they have been the last couple weeks. So I really like David Montgomery this week. In your favorite position, you want a tight end too?
0: Nah, don't <laughs> give us a tight end. Give us a receiver and your sleeper defense that you'll pick.
3: Okay, I'll, I'll give you my receiver first. Okay, so my this is it might be a little hot take because because of his name, you don't think sleeper, but for me, it's Juju. Now, Juju's someone who I feel like has been disrespected this year. Going into, think about the year after Antonio Brown left, right? He put up two years where he was putting up, like, historic paces going in. Like, he's like, oh, he's this crazy, talented receiver. In Dynasty Leagues, he was the first wide receiver off the board. And then all of a sudden, AB leaves, and Juju's getting double and triple teamed, and now everyone's off Juju. Like, oh, he, he can't do it without AB, this and that. But they're finally starting to get pieces to compliment him. Last year, obviously, with Big Ben going down, Deontay Johnson being second year. I think James Washington was a rookie. They didn't really have the pieces around him, but we see this year with Deontay Johnson, who's really coming to his own and chase Claypool who balled out last week. I think Juju has the pieces around him to perform well. And one thing about fantasy is you can't predict touchdowns. You could predict Through targets, you know, you could kind of see like a pattern with targets. He's getting seven targets, eight targets, 10, whatever. But touchdowns can be pretty sporadic. Now, Chase Claypool is not going to have four touchdowns, which means those touchdowns have to be spread out among other players. Juju's still on the field more than any receiver. He's playing 81% of snaps, but still has yet to lead the team in targets on any particular week. Deontay Johnson has already been ruled out for this game. And with Claypool coming back down to earth, I really see this as a bounce back game for Juju. Juju. And once again, the matchup's really nice. The Browns are the third worst in the NFL, giving up 39 points per game to fantasy receivers. Another high over-under game of 51. And Pitt has an implied point total of 27 and a half, which is once again, you know, top eight across the league. You want my defense too, right? Yeah. Defense is easy, man. Whoever's playing the Jets. This week, <laughs> this week it's Miami. Next week, who do we got? The Bills? Chargers? Wow. Bills, I'm pretty sure. Bills. Just look at the schedule. Whoever's playing the Jets, just pencil that in for my sleeper of the week.
0: So I actually have a defensive pick. I started this defense in my league. (laughs) Washington against the Giants. How do you feel about that?
3: I'm in, man. Daniel Jones makes so many mistakes. That defense, that front seven solid. You know, Chase Young finally came back last week, but that front seven solid. And Daniel Jones just fumbles the ball. He makes dumb plays, interceptions, like anything that he could do to make the Giants worse will happen.
1: Damn.
0: <laughs> Definitely. So we thank you for being on this segment. A lot of useful knowledge. And we hope to have you back. It's going to be a recurring thing. Of course, week have to me week.
3: back. I'll be here, man. Yes, I'll, sir. G- I'll get some right intakes in there for you guys. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. Thank you.
3: I appreciate it, guys.
2: I'm actually going to use a lot of that. Like I just took down like mental notes. <laughs> I'm changing my lineups now. All right. So this does it for this episode of the Pick Podcast. Podcast. If you guys
0: enjoy our podcast, please share it as it helps us grow. Follow us on Instagram at PickAsidePodcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel at PickAside. And for those of you who would like to help out the show, you can donate to us on Patreon. To find out, to find our site, simply type in patreon.com slash PickAsidePodcast. And you can look at the tiers and choose what you, want to, what you want to pick. Thank you for your support and thank you for watching and see you next time.